Welcome back to day number three of Fort Fest 2020. Uh, so far, this event has been pretty fantastic, and we're going to get some other perspectives on it because it's been Aria and I here on the program the last couple of days, or in your case, nights. We're recording these during the day. You're listening to our radio show or podcast, and you've got plenty of time to get out here. This thing is just getting started. Uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival is also happening here at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. The Porcupine Freedom Festival runs through this Sunday, or it ends on Sunday, and the official curriculum for that doesn't really even start until Thursday, so that's the day you're going to hear this. And so we're seeing a nice build-up here, and welcome to the studio. I'm Ian. Joining me... I'm Derek J. And Steven Zeiler. Yeah, thanks, guys, for uh, for coming in. Of course, uh, long-time listeners know you as the founders of AnyPay, which we can get into that and what you guys are doing here, but... You, you're both longtime uh, New Hampshire Freedom Festival people. Uh, yes. You've been to countless I think eight now. numbers of these things. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. And so, you know, you've got, you've got the perspective to be able to look back and see, you know, where we're at today here in the, the middle of week number one of, of Fort Fest, which is going to be a two-week-long thing. Um, you know, what are your impressions so far? I would far? say we're in really good shape right now. And I roll around the campground and I see who, you know, what people are doing and what they're set up there was a big rain last night and still there's a lot of activity in the morning as i roll in Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of people set up doing cool things uh selling sandwiches or whatever i think a lot of people feel like they can vend things there were like dips in the years where people were vending and selling things to each other which i think is the most fun thing libertarians can do is like what, did, what have you got to yeah. sell us, you know? Sell Offer us on something, something to your neighbors. Offer something, and it's a really cool way to connect, even if you're just – maybe you're not the best sandwich maker in the world, but mm-hmm. if you're offering a sandwich to somebody, then you've got 15 minutes to spend with them. And um, it also is kind of fun to make some of your campsite money back and Yeah, it is connect. a great way to meet people, too, if you're running some sort of a booth. You know, if you're new at, at uh, an event especially, right? Like, you don't know anybody – you just set some booth up, and then people come to you. Yeah, even if you sell something weird or stupid, or if, even if you don't sell anything. There's, you know, people who sell little trinkets, like um, kids are always selling these pins that people can wear. Um, you know, Porkfest 2020, yep. and um, there's a guy who sells knives. I think he actually sells them, but even if he didn't, it would be cool to have, you know, whatever you do, bring it. And show off, if, let your freak flag fly. And put a price on it. <laughs> and put a price on it, yeah. So there's some cool stuff here already, and it's still early, right? Like, so day one, there was only really one food vendor. I think it's expanded to several at yeah, this point. Um, definitely. Some are, are kind of on and off. Like, you just did a bre- breakfast sandwich, and he's he's done for, for the for the day, I guess? Yeah, he's, for, he's doing that every day, yeah. 8 to 11, and yeah, he yeah. advertised that in the Whova app, oh, which cool. is a good way to know what's going on. Now, that's something that uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival has. They've got this tool that it's like an online organizing thing, and it lists the different happenings yeah. that are going on. And that's what I would say that they've done really well this year is um, helping to um, just let people know about the other things that other people are doing. They, you don't have to do the doing. Right. You just have to let people know what other people are doing, and that's that they've done really well. Yeah, in fact, don't the doing. and That's even better <laughs> because... Because not only not only is it um, is it good to encourage others, but if you if if everyone was paying money for for one organization to put on everything, um, then they would not do their own stuff. They would be like, "Oh, it's all right. Planned. They'll it's handle all, it. Yeah, yeah, they'll handle it." And I, already, I paid my money anyway, so I'm very happy that uh, this year it seems like everyone's doing their own thing. It's like 
there's new seeds of activity that seem to be sprouting up. There's really great energy. Everyone's excited to be out, and it seems like they've filled out the campground like all the way back. Have you and gone back? I haven't yeah, even had. We a went all to... the way back there's, this morning. There's people okay. all over the place, and I think it's going to fill in as as the week goes on. And another I thing so. I love is that uh, they didn't rent the whole campground. Thank goodness, because Meaning, when you say they, you mean the board, the FSB Inc. or whoever. Yeah, yeah because um, that was a real pain for me. I really liked interacting with. Everyday people who are just here at a right, campground right. because you know if, if these ideas of freedom. It's great to come together and talk about them amongst ourselves. But, but it's new really, people are important. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole big world out there, and well, that's it, one of the things. This is a microcosm that. Uh, so the Porcupine Freedom Festival has had this sort of time frame where they did things one way originally, and then they kind of became almost like a government in in a way, right? The Free State Project. Quite. This this concept of getting the state out of our lives. I mean, it seems inadvertently created their own state, yeah. essentially. And you wrote about this in an article that you published yesterday uh, at freekeen.com, just kind of going over the the way, what, the, sort of the tragic story here of uh, what's called Agro Valley behind yeah. us. And so we're at the top of this hill at Rogers Campground. By the way, the White Mountains here are just absolutely beautiful. You, you've got to get up here if you can. Yeah. Um, but the, the first, I think, four rows were naturally created through sort of market demand there was it was like this hot zone where everybody wanted to be if you had something to sell you wanted to be in agro valley because the the place where all the action was at the time was down at the pavilion there's lots of speakers and things like that and so everybody set up and it was just they would sell out and it was first come first serve like if you could get a spot you're in and yeah. if you can't, well, you're too late. You know, maybe next year you'll get a better spot. You got to go out out there somewhere, or up mm -hmm. in the camp zone, or wherever you can get a spot. So there was this natural competition for this, and then the Free State Project came. Up, they were like, "Well, there's high demand here. We've got money. We can make some more money." And so they started charging uh, vendor fees for those spaces. And for a while, it worked for them, right? Like there was enough high demand, and people were willing to pay the extra hundred bucks. And I assume that the intention was entirely good—that it sure. was like we're going to provide services to these people, yeah. we're going to make it better for them, and we want to make it better for everyone. And so they wanted to organize it. Yeah. But really, the, like the—I um, think the economic term is uh, spontaneous order, mm -hmm. like that. Uh, it's emergent behavior when people see that there's an economic opportunity to make profit. They find their own way in new, beautiful, and creative ways that one person or a team of people just can't centrally manage or control. That's a good point that they wanted to provide services and yeah. help, help coordinate. But it it kind of makes me feel like um, you know when when you get ta you have to, you pay taxes or something, and then mm -hmm. they say, "Well, there's services that you're getting provided." Why well, so, didn't ask for them? And and now every, <laughs> yeah. every, everyone gets the services. Like I, it's much better when. You try to convince p people to pay individually for a service. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as oh, do you need help organizing your campsite? What do you need? I'll charge you money, and um, if you don't want to pay, then you don't get the service. Right, and then we'd have a variety of services, likely, and maybe even competing services offering whatever those those would be, whatever it is that people would be looking for. One thing I would love to see: so they they hire this um, free aid. Yeah, they're kind of like medical techs that volunteer. Uh, they, I don't think they hire free aid, do they? Oh, okay, I, I, I believe it's a volunteer. Organization. Well, they're they're officially a part of it, um, and I'm not. Sh I, I I wonder if if they just did nothing, if people would pr would 
have a, a profit incentive to provide this kind of aid. Well, there That's is a, a dentist who uh, wanted to attend this year um, really? and offer dental cleaning services. Actually, shortly oh. advertised it in, before backtracking and saying, "Oh, I don't know about liability here." Mm. Like, but um, it, it seems like there's a desire for people to provide, you know, care, medical services. That sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, well, free aid came about on its own volition, yeah. right? So there were, um, so I think it was Stephanie Murphy, former Free Talk Live co-host. She's a doctor, and you know, there's some EMT medical technician types who they're just part of the, you know, the movement here, and they said, well, this is a thing we can do. We're going to be here anyway, so we'll just provide this service. So free aid did, it did sort of rise on its own volition. It wasn't. You know, centrally controlled by the Free State projects. Yeah, well, I would love to see them offer a subscription or something for you know? money. Like pay, okay. and money. People have been trying to, to get me all this time. So we were constructing our dome the other day, and some people came. They wanted to help, and I was like, "You, you can only help if I can pay you. You can't help for free." Okay, because, that's fair. Because you got to learn that money is is better than than barter or trade. Uh, like or just giving away stuff in expectation for being helped on helped out later. Yeah, it's a like, modern day tool. We're not cavemen. It, it, we don't do favors for each other. We use this tool called money. It, it yes. communicates value. It gives yeah. us autonomy because basically once you have it, you can get access to any of the services and no one no one feels obligated like, "Oh, well, I did that for you. Like, can you help me move now or whatever?" So this this touches on one of the kind of fundamental differences between this event and something like Burning Man. This has been called the like some people call it uh, the libertarian Burning Man. Yeah. Or whatever, and I've never, never been to Burning Man, but have known people who have, and uh, there's you know a lot of hippies there, and they have this thing called the gift economy, uh, and we can talk about you know some of the differences coming up here. If, can you stick with me? Yeah. yeah. All right. More with uh, Stephen and Derek. This is Free Talk Live. We're at Fork Fest 2020. Live. We're here at ForkFest 2020. The uh, unofficial website is ForkFest.party. Also going on at the same time, the Porcupine Freedom Festival is here. And we were talking about some of the differences between this event, which has been by, by some termed the Libertarian Burning Man. By the way, Burning Man canceled this year in 2020 due to COVID craze, lockdown, madness. Um. Uh, Derek J. and Stephen here with hey. me, Ian, in the studio remotely at the top of the hill in, on a beautiful morning, by the way. Nice and cool. Finally nice and cool here. It's been a, a hot last couple of days. Uh, anyway, before we get into talking a little bit more about money and some of the differences between these festivals out there, there's local.bitcoin.com, which is celebrating its first year of helping people buy or sell Bitcoin cash with dozens of payment methods uh, including PayPal and uh, bank deposits, remittances, etc. There's no ID requirements to sign up for the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. So get on over to local.bitcoin.com. It's a global trading platform that actually respects your privacy. It's local.bitcoin.com. So um, just a moment ago, we were talking about like one of the key differences, at least from what I can tell, uh, having not been to Burning Man. Have you? I haven't been to Burning Man. Okay. I know a lot of people who have, though. And, Me too. and yeah, there's no money. Basically, money is discouraged and or not allowed. Yeah, at Burning you will be Man. a pariah, basically. If you, you will, know. which is always a big turnoff to me. Right. And I, I love uh, paying people for mm-hmm. things. And like uh, we come here, and people want to pitch in. Yeah, they want to pitch in and help. And um, I insist that they get a Bitcoin wallet, and then I pay with, pay them with Bitcoin. And 
often they're like, oh, no, I, I just want to help. It's like, no. We're, I just want to pay you. We're going to push. We're going to yeah. We're going to push the boundaries of economic understanding here, because like, and then some other people offered. Uh, they they were wanted to rent a spot uh, to vend on my campsite, mm-hmm. and they said, well, we'll trade you um, this or that in exchange. I was like, no. How about you pay me, and then I'll pay you for the stuff that I want from you. So that it's all very clear and precise, yeah. and nobody has to keep track. Yeah, we're we're practicing the market. The whole like we re, we use money to keep track of things, so we don't have to like keep track of all our relationships with people and everything. It's just it's settled, it's done, and we can be independent and autonomous of each other. But I think people in the world don't quite understand money very no. well, and and so I, I want to insist in, on like a philosophical level that money be used. Here, especially at Porkfest, all the time. I've heard it be, uh, been a, described as like a, an energy exchange between yeah. people. Uh, it's a way to to you know keep it's track stored of, up energy of, yeah. of of work that you've done and value you've provided for other people. Right, and good money, of course, is uh, is used here a lot. Where we've had uh, cryptocurrency, uh, gold. We got the gold back this year. I've been spending those everywhere I've I've gone to so I love far. That. So people here have a real appreciation for the difference between bad money, which is government fiat. Uh, where the government central bank says, we are creating another trillion. Poof. Turn on the money printer, right? Poof. <laughs> and what work did they do <laughs> for that button. money to be created? Like, value can be created. Money can be created, yeah. you know, through actually providing value, doing uh, actual valuable work for another person. Right. Um, but money isn't things. value. Money yeah. represents value. Right, right. And, and so, so just he- printing more of it. You're just adding to the supply, and then we've seen that uh, increases prices, and that's you know that's what inflation is, where you increase the uh, the money supply, and and I think the the people on the left, they don't like money. There's a lot of mythology that sort of surrounds money, like you've heard people say, "Oh, money's the root of all root evil." Root of all evil. I knew exactly that's what you were going to say. Uh, no, it's like you said, it's a tool. You can use it for evil. You can also use it to feed people and like help people and you know create things and build things and there's so much that, that we can do with it. Ayn Rand has uh, a good thing uh, in Atlas Shrugged about it being called the root of all evil and mm-hmm. says it's actually the root of all good. Yeah, but it's, evil it's people use people, money too. They yeah. use water too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I, well, I think that the, with the, the lefties, they they see maybe some of them see the bad ways that money has been used. Sure. And yeah, they and have a lot of. Um, the right in a lot of ways. Yeah, maybe they can identify correctly the idea that you know money might be used to go to war, uh, for instance. Mm-hmm. That is a, a major tool. In fact, the inflationary dollar is a huge tool to allow governments to uh, steal the money to go yeah. to war. And these um, companies that uh, make bombs and warplanes and stuff, and they get in bed with the government, and then they get these huge deals. And so it seems like, oh, man, this um, profit right. it just makes wars happen. If it's we like, didn't no, have no, money, no. they think, oh, well, if we didn't have money... We wouldn't have these problems or whatever. At least that's what I well, think. Well, the might, truth, the truth think. for them is they don't have money, and that's the problem. Like, well, it, yeah, for they, them do, it is. they don't understand what it is or, or why it's good for them, and so right. they think it's bad. Right. They just have written off the whole concept of money because all the money they've ever used has been bad money. Uh, and that's one of the key differences, I think, between these events is at a Burning Man, they hate money. They say, stay away with your money. Just give everything away. It's a it's a gift economy. If you just give, people will give you things. And to some extent, there's some truth to that, I sure. think, in life. Um, but 
I love this so much better, being able to just put a price on a thing and offer your services. That's what people love uh, in this movement. They love a free market. Yeah. And that's what this approximates, at least here, for, for, the, for a week or two in the woods of New Hampshire. We is, built a nightclub, and it took yes. a lot of work and is really cool and fun to hang out in. And I mean, it's we, the we, attraction. And we, right, we charge for uh, tickets. No so apology people, necessary. Yeah. So we have... Um, I've been selling tickets. Yes, I know? bought one. Yeah, so Two. if people want to enter this, this private space, they can pay five dollars, mm-hmm. you know, for the week, or two dollars just for the one party right. one night. And it's also a great signal because it tells us and uh, that someone values it's what working. we are doing. Yeah, and you like we can have a party where anyone's allowed to come for free, and and that's good, but we don't know how much they value it. Um, if we see that everyone who came for free is going to come for two dollars, then we say, oh. This is valuable, and maybe if maybe they'll all come for five dollars, and then we know this is even more valuable. We can invest more in it, sure, and make it even better. And so that that's great. It's it's a more precise way of communicating. And one another, fun, another food vendor, by the way, pulling in right now, uh, Matt from my roommate from Keene. He's gonna be selling chili uh, here today, so I'm excited about that. Sorry, go ahead. We, yeah, well, <laughs> at the party too, we we only accept bitcoins, and uh-uh, that's not true. Well, that, 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 was was a a, that was a mistake. So I we're gonna have we're done gonna back that. up. On we that. were talking about that all last I, night. I gave Derek a pretty hard time for that because <laughs> yeah, here's the I paid with gold backs. Yeah, but we should I I shouldn't have accepted anything other than Bitcoin. Uh, not that I don't believe you can't do it, but uh-huh. it really it forces the issue about uh, people using this. This Bitcoin. Well, they thing. all like talking about it, but mm-hmm. if if they, I don't think they can do it. I think really? there's a lot of people talking. Oh yeah, Bitcoin, and they've never used like, it, and they don't know how. And I want them to your, actually learn. Your unnamed it. friend yeah. who also managed to finagle a ticket without paying for Bitcoin uh-huh. by tricking I think Derek. He can use it. I don't think he can. He can't. But Derek, I honestly think he that was you like, should... "Oh, the confirmation time will be so slow." I, Derek, like... you should revoke that ticket. I'm, am serious. I what do you think about which... this? I don't remember the details. Well, on this. What it, okay, and uh, another person, a person, I was like, "Hey, I'm selling tickets to, the, to this. You know, thanks for hanging out in my nightclub. Um, it's five dollars. You know, you pay in Bitcoin. Here you mm-hmm. go." And he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna pay in in these gold backs. Oh, you just wait. You know, the confirmation time. Look, look, look. It's instant." I was like, "Yeah, but." And this was a crypto guy, right? Yeah, a big, this is a crypto guy, quote unquote crypto guy. Okay, but he didn't have I, a wallet. I, I won't reveal <laughs> identities. Yeah. So what? <laughs> yeah, he couldn't do it. And Derek, you got to take a ticket back. Okay, guys, hang on. We're gonna continue here uh, in just a moment from the campground. We're at Rogers Campground. It's Forkfest 2020. Forkfest.party. You can learn more about the event. There's a lot to happen here. We still got a full week and a half to go. Uh, more free talk. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com Free Talk Live. We're at Fort Fest 2020 on what is, for us, day number three. You'll be hearing this the next day because we're a day in advance of uh, doing these things. You've got plenty of time to come on out here. If you're in New England, make the trip up to Rogers Campground. 
This weekend, of course, the Porcupine Freedom Festival will be ramping up to its uh, final night, which is Saturday night. And uh, given the number of people that are here already, I think it's going to fill in pretty well. It's going to be a good crowd uh, by that time. And then we see another week of just Fork Fest that happens the, this ne- next coming week, and that should ramp up to a what should be a pretty awesome 4th of July, where uh, not only will the campground provide fireworks, but uh, our very own Aria DiMezzo and Captain Kickass and um, Michael, they got a band they put together, so there's going to be live, right. mu- live music for the very first time. Uh, I mean, you've performed music. You've done DJing, Stephen, uh, but actually, like, people with yeah, instruments. Yeah, but I can't sing. Yeah, people with instruments. <laughs> well, I don't know if Captain Kickass can sing real well. He keeps saying he, he can't, so we'll, we'll see. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it either way. Cool. Uh, it'll be great. So Did I hear they're performing the... Uh, do you know what their set list is? Um, you could ask Arya that. I know there's going to be some like Rage Against the Machine and some other you know f- some other favorites of uh, people in the the Liberty community. Not to say that those guys are necessarily freedom uh, people or whatever, but yeah. Are there any spoilers or uh, anything? Or I don't want to. You're gonna have to call it out, Arya. I don't oh, know yeah. your set list, uh, right. so it's a, if you want to call out some of what you're you're playing, uh, maybe that will help Derek J uh, with his question. I don't know. Did you even hear his question? Okay, so uh, she's just going to hop on in here, I guess, real real fast. What what songs? Well, I'm not going to give the full set list, obviously. Of course, uh, just some samples. But we're opening with Light War Pigs from Black Sabbath. Cool. Uh, okay. We are doing one Rage Against the Machine song uh, that's uh, killing in the name because that, nice. that F you, I won't do what you told me thing, that, that's going to go over People really like well. People like that. It'll yeah. be great. And uh, the Rebels Inc. song that's used often to open Free Talk Live. Ah, that's that. what I was hoping yeah. to hear. Okay, <laughs> great. I was so. I wasn't sure if that was a secret or not. I had heard that rumor, and I I was happy to hear that. Yeah, that's it's great. Be fun. You're gonna play the the Free Talk Live song. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Those guys actually performed years ago at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Yeah, a long time ago. Uh, so okay, so just a moment ago we were talking about money. And you guys got into the, this plan that you had um, to only charge Bitcoin yeah. for people to get into your nightclub that you've created. You've got we this made awesome a whole dome. city. So we've got AnyPay City, True, which is expanded. down there. It's three campsites you had covered in year. bistro lights, yeah. all staged up on huge poles. We've got a gym with barbells and weights and a bench and we've got uh, a water cooler for ice cold mm-hmm. water when it's uh wicked hot out and we have a grocery got- store which is an independent um company that is that's on our property i saw that yeah yep, they're great fresh they're, fruit and things like fresh that. fruit veggies protein bars really good stuff there so really the most nutrient dense thing you can find. And at the center is Astra Lounge, mm-hmm. which is a nightclub in the woods. I mean, when you go up and see this thing, it's got three disco balls hanging it's right awesome. now. Yeah, and and maybe even more by Friday. <laughs> and uh like professional lights. We've yeah. got a real professional lighting company yeah, who you set hired this a up guy. and it is amazing. Paid in so, Bitcoin. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. It's not a guy, it's yeah. it's a company oh, it's that does like they do they do big productions at like big weddings, big corporate cool. events and they take bitcoin well it looked great last year and it looks awesome uh this year and so, so. two dollars it's really not a barrier to entry the no. barrier is bitcoin it has to be paid in bitcoin and you know bitcoin's been a thing at pork fest since what 2011 2012 yeah 2013 at the very least and some um, of the bitcoin originals uh came here roger veer and there are pictures Voorhees. of eric and, yeah. and roger sitting on a tent selling bitcoin yep. at a t- picnic table so it's been a thing and if you're not down with this by now like get with the program you're, this is you're a decade too late just what are you what is the hold up yeah. and so this is i really want to 
produce something that's enticing for people that they mm-hmm. want to be a part of, and the only way to get it is they it's have exclusive. to cross that barrier yeah. and jump into th- using Bitcoin. Two dollars, just yeah. do it. And, and you're not too late. It's been a decade, but it's still early, right? Like even though Bitcoin, oh, I'm teaching people every day. Yeah. And it's never too late to learn. In fact, it's easier now to get into it than it ever has been. You know, back in the day, you used to have to download a complicated uh, wallet, and it was difficult. So and, much easier. And now there's all these choices. And so you were saying, Stephen, Derek needs to take back the uh, ticket that he sold to somebody, sort of inadvertently. He wasn't thinking real hard. Oh, somebody's got some gold backs. I'll sell a ticket. Well, for I think some gold Derek backs. was pressured into 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 doing it. And yeah, uh, I did. I was like, well, yeah, gold I had my wallet are pretty. out. Well, nice. it was it was he was like talking over me and saying like, whoa, 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 whoa the confirmation time is going to be so much faster. Watch this, watch this, you know. And I yeah. hand it over. I was like, okay, but like Bitcoin, just pay me in Bitcoin, right? And, and what was his excuse for not having Bitcoin? He like didn't have he his just wallet. Just said that or... the confirmation time was going to be too slow, and I was like, I'm not worried about yeah, that. That's yeah. up to me. And First I of all, use, you're using AnyPay anyway. I use so, AnyPay, right? and it's going to be fast. Yeah, like, that's not the issue. Uh, AnyPay, your your payment processing thing that you guys do with cryptocurrency, which you can get to, uh, the AnyPay cash register uh, on the Google or Apple app stores, it doesn't wait for the confirmation to show whether someone has paid the bill. That would be stupid. Yeah, it shows it almost instantaneously. It's within usually two seconds Yeah, uh, in my experience. At the most, it's usually like, okay, maybe if it's delayed, it might take 10 seconds. But most of the time, it's faster than a credit card as far as uh, noting the payment. Now, with cryptocurrency like Bitcoin, there are things called confirmations. And uh, it's important to eventually get a confirmation. But with payment systems like Bitcoin SV or Bitcoin Cash... You don't have to wait for the confirmation because it, those payments can't be reversed. Whereas with the original BTC Bitcoin, they put a so-called feature in a few years ago that actually makes it so you can like set a little switch, and then later you can pull before the first confirmation comes in, you can cancel that transaction. Yes, oh, and yes. for many wallets, it's on by default. Some wallets, but um, we detect that, so it, it, will, it will show yeah. up. And it's important that people use the the bitcoin because a lot of them are understanding that their bitcoin wallet isn't actually that great like there was a guy down here mm-hmm. he was buying some produce and he pulled out his coinbase oh, and good. and he paid and i was like whoa 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 don't pay that qr code pay this any pay city mm-hmm. and then he paid he said and nothing happened nothing happened and he said oh it's pending i was like well that's because it didn't send that's because yeah, Coinbase, Coinbase does Coinbase pending first. Yeah. yeah, and so it's it, it hasn't sent yet, and it might be a while. Like, And I wanted to show them, like, if you go to a store and try to pull this off, they're not going to say that you paid. Because like, you didn't. Because no, you, you didn't, didn't pay. Because so, Coinbase could cancel that. They could determine you don't have enough funds or whatnot. You can't just walk away. So we want to make sure that people are using it and understanding what is a correct experience and, and what is insufficient. Yeah, and there is a learning curve, um, and I think that's one of the things you guys do best. Uh, a couple of years ago, you launched the Bitcoin store, or the Bitcoin shop yeah. uh, in Portsmouth, and initially, the whole point of that was an outreach tool that yes. you had people coming into the store. You had some cool T-shirts out front, you know, like cool, like sciency, geeky, whatever T-shirts, crypto shirts, and people would be like, "I want this shirt." Like, well, okay, well, you have to pay with Bitcoin. And they didn't know what? Okay, how do I do that? And then you had a Bitcoin vending machine there, and you'd walk them through the process right. of installing a wallet. And and uh, that was such great activism. So you're still doing the same activism. You're just doing it with a party tent now instead of the, uh, the yeah. Bitcoin shop. And also, I, it, this is a social thing for me. I want to cut. There's yeah. a lot of people around here, and I know they're that. They're not all cool. They're not all cool. And that I, 
in the long run, I want to invest my time into people who are open-minded, mm-hmm. who are willing to try things, and are willing to put their money where their mouth is. And I don't want to interact with anyone who doesn't do the what they say or isn't open-minded. Or so, it's just lip service, like, oh, a Bitcoin because, um, you know, I, I like it or that's cool. I like the people who are yeah, in it. No, fit, use it. If, if you're the people who use it, then you're my friend. And, right. And then also uh, these people often tend to be less good for parties. Like, yeah, right. So, so I don't want I don't want pe- people to be able to come in and just you know throw in a two two pieces of paper and be like now I'm in the party. Like, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> I, I I don't oppose what you're saying. So I guess we should do a refund for the the two that I bought because I did buy with gold backs. Yeah, Ian did well. too. We have to revoke yeah. his ticket. Yeah. Well, you can you, your ticket can be swapped. You can just give in the gold backs back. You can pay. Can you can pay, pay right with. from AnyPay.City. Yes. Uh, let's talk about that briefly as well because that's a cool new thing. I mean, it's not that new, but you sort of haven't been promoting it. You've been developing. Yeah. Uh, this well, website. Well, I, I used it today. It was much easier. So uh, Silver Dave has the most. Uh, he's a vendor here. He has the most organic, best food. He does, and I had some of it yesterday. Do you guys want to stay for another segment? Please. Of course. All right, more with Stephen and Derek. This is Free Talk Live. We're at ForkFest 2020. ForkFest.party. That's a website. You can check it out. We're coming up. It's Free Talk Live. We're here at ForkFest. 2020. You can go to ForkFest.Party. There's a website there. It'll tell you a little bit about this event. It'll link you over to uh, a pretty busy Telegram chat room, so you can hop in there and find out what's going on. There's like, you know, somebody's got some chili they're selling over at a campsite. They let you know, or you can get a name badge with the Shire Society. Weather report. Uh, yeah, yeah, all kinds of info uh, available in there. There's also a link to a forum, not quite as used. Uh, there's uh, an individual who's launched a calendar as well so you know there's all these different things that people just sort of spontaneously put together here at fork fest which is part of the the cool you know one of the cool aspects about this event it's not centrally controlled there's not some board of directors who is uh, sitting there deciding what shall be important and what what uh, what won't and by the way i'm sitting here in our remote studio on a beautiful overcast day it's not raining at the moment it was sprinkling a little bit earlier but so much nicer today than it's been the last couple of days uh and uh, it's ian here with derek J and steven yeah the guys from anypay we were just talking about anypay.city which i think was a good move as far as there, there was a renaming there was a different name for the site previously it was energy city which we talked about how money is is like energy yeah i still uh, love the name it's a cool energy name city but, but any as a website city yeah. makes, it's better for the branding and, yeah and uh, and any pay makes sense as a as a you know a term for people it's like any pay makes it easy to pay with a bunch yeah. of different you know options and speaking of that we made it really easy to pay at Dave's Silver Dave's Silver Dave. restaurant, which is the best restaurant here by far, hands down. He's so it's conscious about the restaurant. quality and the the ingredients and everything he obsesses over. Yeah, and he's constantly working, cooking. Yep. He loves it. I and think he's only doing dinner though, right? Like he's only he set does up breakfast, for, does he do lunch, breakfast? and dinner. I, think. I yes. didn't know that. Yeah, and it's different every day. And he also has all day. He has this cashew iced coffee that, I had that he made yesterday. that is fantastic. Ari and I went down there. We had uh, dinner but there. He's always nice. working, and he he doesn't want to have to spend a bunch of time taking payment from people yep. and, and all of that. He wants you to just pay. And so in the past, and bless Dave, he's awesome. I, it was hard to get him. He doesn't want to keep his phone on him. He's busy. Mm-hmm. 
So he doesn't want to have to like ring you up and show you the, the yeah, QR he's, code. He's and He's got to cook that. and collect. And yeah, that's a lot. He doesn't want that. Do. So now you just you can go to anypay.city mm, right. on your own phone. You don't even have to talk to Dave. And click Pork Fest. Mm-hmm. And then click Silver Dave. Right. And then and you he's can, one of several businesses, by yeah, the way. On this and there's list. more and more every day. Yeah. And then you can you can pay in one of the, the cryptocurrencies that is supported on AnyPay without even having to talk to Dave. And it makes right. it, it makes it way easier for you. And you could pay from your own campsite. You could pay from anywhere. And you pay from wherever you have best service. Yeah, wherever you have the service. You don't sure. have service down by Dave. You can pay and then go back. And then for him, he gets an email and notification and, and a record saying what the payment was and, and, and what it was for. And That's awesome. Yeah, it's really convenient, and you can add yourself to it by getting an AnyPay account, and it's it's great. It is easy to do. Uh, in fact, I was just setting up a gentleman yesterday. He's your neighbor down the street here. He's right next to you on one of these streets. His name's Footloose, and he was uh, talking. I just happened to you know come up to him on a conversation he was having, and it happened to be about crypto somehow, or it got to that point. Yeah. And he was talking about you know he was it seemed like he was pretty new to it. He'd never had a wallet before, but he'd gotten Coinbase, and I'm like, no, you probably don't. Want to use Coinbase? Uh, and then he mentioned Uphold. And I'm like, yeah, they're kind of like Coinbase, maybe a little smaller, but they're still one of these centrally managed wallets. And I, I explained to him the difference, which is an important thing for people who are new to cryptocurrency to understand between what they call a custodial wallet and a non-custodial wallet, which I find to be a confusing uh, terminology at first at first blush. So, what, oh yeah, what non-custodial means is the company that makes the wallet doesn't have custody of your what they call keys. So with cryptocurrency wallets, you either have your keys or somebody else does. And if it's somebody else who has the keys, well, you don't actually control the money. You don't get to decide what happens to it. If Coinbase wants to freeze your account, if the government comes to them and says, we want to freeze that account, Coinbase will do it. And then you will not get any crypto out of that account. Whereas if you have what they call a custodial wallet, meaning your wallet that you have gives you custody of your keys, not even the company who makes that wallet software purportedly has your keys, especially if it's open source. You hope they're being honest about that. Um, And so you have total control over your, your Bitcoin or your other cryptocurrencies. And that's a really important thing for people to learn about. Like Coinbase is convenient. But there's not a, really not if you try and use it. Yeah, there's a guy point. who tried to pay good. yesterday and we were just sitting there staring at the screen waiting for it to send because that's, awful. that's not how Coinbase works. They're not interested in helping you send your bitcoins anywhere. They just want you to buy them. Yeah, probably. buy them. Uh, give us your money and then we'll just hold your coins uh, and let you look at them. Yeah, that's a great point. They're not convenient to use as like payments. I guess what I meant to say was they're new for new people. It's a it's an on ramp for people here's to get what, into crypto. Here's what they've done. They get trapped. They've advertised so that they're at the top of the results when anyone's looking for ways to mm-hmm. buy Bitcoin, and then they just say, "Oh, I'll go with the first one. Must be the best." Nope. No, they're not the best. They they're like the big bank of Bitcoin. They're the worst, basically. in my opinion. I agree with you, absolutely. Um, and they banned me a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, and they have a federal prosecutor on their board of directors. So that doesn't that's, surprise me. Yeah. Um. So they've anyway, been, they've been saddling up to the government from day number one. They are 
If the government has something for them to polish, they'll do it. Well, can I tell you the best wallet? I love this, and I set everyone up with it. I've set it up oh, probably really? 20 different times today. You already know about this. Hand cash? Oh, yeah, yeah. It is my favorite. It is the way that Bitcoin is meant to be. It's almost like Bitcoin never happened, and it's brand new, mm. and I'm introducing it to people. Because the way it works, like, there's a guy who, who bought Bitcoin, I think, from, like, Roger Ver or Eric Voorhees at Porkfest a million years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I don't want to use Bitcoin. It's too slow. It's too complicated to buy a ticket to Space Disco. I set him up with hand cash, and he used it to pay and was like, wow, that is a completely different experience. He's mm-hmm. like, this is so much easier than I thought it was going to be. So are you guys selling uh, Bitcoin to people to put no. in their hand cash wallet? No, no but we, t- we say, you know, what are you offering to people in the marketplace? Uh-huh. Go, you know, And then I buy whatever they're selling. Go uh, sell something, and you'll okay. earn some Bitcoins. And then this guy, I think he went and he found a third person and bought some Bitcoin. Right. But well, you can't buy it from us even with gold backs. Okay. Now, that's different from previous AnyPay visits to this campground because you guys have had Bitcoin vending machines. You do operate some. It's one of the things AnyPay does up here in New Hampshire is you've got a handful of uh, Bitcoin vending machines. So Well, we're this- focusing – there's uh, AnyPay Inc. and AnyPay Vending Corporation, mm-hmm. and they're two different entities. And you, AnyPay Inc. is here helping people use Bitcoin as software. Yeah. So, you know, th- that's where our role really shines here at Porkfest because there's so many vendors – that want to accept Bitcoin and all these different cryptocurrencies, AnyPay Inc. makes that really easy. Yeah, it doesn't really help that cause, I think, to be selling people Bitcoin necessarily. Um, the cause of? of? Of trying to get them to earn it. Yeah. So like, uh, I would rather I be putting out here at Porkfest. I think that everyone can be down with the vibe of you earn it. Mm. You don't just buy it with with paper money. And then also it's kind of embarrassing to be accepting paper money in our machines right. here at Porkfest. So <laughs> all of these things um, led us to not bring it. And also, and there are other people selling it. So they're going to complain about our high prices anyway. Well, Aria, for instance, has some for sale. Great. So, yeah, yeah I, I want people to be selling it here. That's just we're focusing it's on what we're. This, this yeah, I just I want to earn it. I want to leave with more bitcoins than I came, not the other way around. Right. <laughs> and you did pay your help with Bitcoin. I did. I paid yeah. everyone with Bitcoin. And I used hand cash, and it was way better. Okay, so last and that's year Bitcoin SV. Just to clarify, I understand that you call it Bitcoin, and it is Bitcoin. It's actually probably arguably the most true to the original Bitcoin. I think that truly is. Uh, a fact about Bitcoin. Well, it seems like everyone around here is using a a number of different coins. What have you heard about? Because last year, Bitcoin Cash dominated. uh, You know, you guys, you get statistics. People use Dash. They've been using more Dash than Bitcoin Cash. You've been looking? Well, from Space Disco sales. Okay. I have seen people um, mainly use Bitcoin SV, Mm -hmm. then Bitcoin Cash, then Dash. Okay. Those, that's well, my observation. Last year, I paid everyone in Bitcoin Cash, and I had mm-hmm. everyone get a Bitcoin Cash wallet, and that was nice. They got they you know downloaded Bitcoin dot com or whatnot, and I paid them that way. But I had to every time I wanted to pay them, I said I had to be like, okay, stop what you're doing, pull out your wallet, I'll scan it, and I'll pay like every hour whatever they were working. Mm-hmm. And this year, I just had all of their names and in my hand cash. I just send it, and you can send to multiple people at once if you want. You'd be like, "I want to send twenty dollars to these five people each." So instead of using a awkward, confusing wallet ID which has a ton of letters and numbers in it, hand cash uses a username, right? And you can have a profile picture, so you can see a nice little picture, yeah. like, "Hey, I'm sending to Ian and and Dave and Joe." So and- it's very much like a, more of a competitor to 
the platforms people are used to, like a Venmo. But yes. it's even better or, than that because yeah. so like people are like, oh, it's like Venmo, you get a name, or or it's like PayPal, you get a name, or these Square, you get a name. <sighs> well, you can't send money from Square to Venmo to PayPal all using the same naming system. No, you have, it's only within those closed ecosystem. But and those are all centrally controlled. And that, that's true. Then they're not awful. Bitcoins, right? Um, uh, guys, but, do you want to stay? It's up to you. It's been an hour. No, I've got to go. One hour is good. Okay, you guys rock. Thanks so much. We're out of time for this hour, but we got more coming up here. Ari is sitting over there, so we got more to talk about, and we'll see who else comes by on uh, what is day number three here at Forkfest. Thank you, Ian. Do you want more businesses accepting Bitcoin Cash and Dash? Now, with AnyPay, you earn passive income for every purchase at those businesses. Finally, a financial incentive to spread Bitcoin Cash and Dash. You made it happen, so you receive the rewards. Download the AnyPay Cash Register app and add your cryptocurrency wallet addresses. Then, install it at a real-life business and tell us what you did at AnyPayInc.com. AnyPayInc.com. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's Forkfest 2020. We're kicking off the second hour of this third episode of the show of you know at this point if it were a normal one week long festival it'd be half over almost uh, but it's we're barely starting though yeah we're like for the, we're just through the first quarter of what's going to be two full weeks of broadcasting here from Rogers Campground a very beautiful location and more importantly surrounded by what i would say is hundreds uh, at this point I mean, I'm not good at estimating crowds, especially if they're not all in one place, but there's a lot of people here. And I've heard about there being people here who uh, are – I haven't seen them yet. Like, I know who they are. If I saw them, I'd recognize them instantly, but I'm, I'm told they're here, and I haven't seen them yet. So you know you're at a fairly large event when people who are your friends you haven't even been connected with because by chance – I have no idea how many people are here. I imagine a lot of people showed up late last night and, you know, overnight and all of that stuff. Yeah. But uh, it was pretty, pretty full, fairly full yesterday, and I haven't even fully walked to the ground. No, I wouldn't call it full. I mean, we did walk through the campground area. There's still a lot of filling in that, that can be done, and I sure. think that's going to happen over the next uh, couple of days here. Uh, I don't know if we even said our names. It's uh, Ian, Aria, and Lee in the, the uh, remote studio today. Uh Things were great last night. The, vi- the vibe, if you will, the vibration, the energy of the event uh, was good. There's a nice sort of, uh, I think, escalation of like, yeah. the numbers of the people and the feeling. Uh, people are getting connected. They're meeting each other. Some you know, old friends who haven't seen each other for years. There's some, some faces showing up here who I haven't seen uh, in half a decade. Uh, yeah. We were sitting with uh, Garrett Fox the other night outside of the uh, AnyPay Dome and having a great conversation. The conversations here have been fantastic. They have. Uh, so far. Definitely great to run into some people here that I haven't seen since last year. How many of these have you been to? Uh, this is my third. Okay. So a few people, uh, like I, I ran into uh, someone that I just met on the very last day, right before he was leaving last year. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Got to start a conversation, but didn't really get to get into the meat of it, and uh, ran into him the first day here, and like really just got to talk the entire subject out. Sweet. 
Yep. Uh, got to picked dis- right up where you left off. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Uh, discuss uh, common law and some alternatives to the uh, so-called mm-hmm. justice system. Because uh, we've definitely found that you have to build your way out of tyranny. I mean, we didn't get rid of the Fed. We built uh, Bitcoin and all of the other cryptocurrencies as a, an alternative to it while this economy was still in place. Yeah, you mean like taking an agorist approach of instead of trying to use the political system to fight the state, you actually get out there and use free market mechanisms to fight the state. Exactly. A a lot of people will say, oh, well, we need to get violent. And no, no. Violence is something that that the state is very, very good at. What we're good at is productivity. We can create new ideas and bring them into existence. Circumventing the state and its violence. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, cryptocurrency is definitely the best example of that. You know, we, we can't fight the war machine, even if we wanted to. And I, I, I don't want to, and I don't think it's a good idea, and I don't think people should want to. But even if we somehow could, it would it would crush us. But sure. with cryptocurrency, we can undermine the war machine without having to take up arms. Well, and it switches all of the, the problems that we have with it to our advantage. Okay, so they're, they're inflating the currency. They're driving up prices in the U.S. dollar, sure. But that doesn't mean they're driving up prices in uh, Bitcoin cash. Mm-hmm. So it, every, uh, everything that we were complaining about, everything that uh, was just making us so angry years ago, is now just working in our advantage and making what we're doing so much more valuable. Totally agree. I mean, I, I share the vision for... Uh, getting people to move over to cryptocurrency and and keep the power of their their money in their own hands. I mean, it's an incredible shift that we're starting to see, and it's just barely started, right? Like uh, the the Bitcoin cryptocurrency, the total global market value of that is what two hundred billion dollars or two hundred fifty billion or somewhere in that range. It has been as high as almost a trillion, wasn't it? A long t- a few years ago. Um, so when I don't it spiked recall up, it ever reaching almost a trillion uh, i feel like it was in like the 800 uh, billion range wow. at, at one point but i'll have to pull up the charts there's charts we can we can look at these things uh but these are ways and you know of course gold and silver as well uh these alternatives are ways for people to protect the value that they've earned you're protecting the value that you've earned from the ravages of these politicians right. who are just going to do everything they can to milk as much out of you as they can possibly do. If you put your value into cryptocurrency, the politicians cannot milk anything out of that. They can't touch yeah. it. And unless that's why you, they hate it. Yeah, unless you tell them you've got it, and then they like go after you in court or whatever because they still can't force you, right? Like, oh, I forgot my password, right? Like, you don't, they don't know. <laughs> Oops, I lost that in a boating accident. I you know, don't have that anymore. So... Uh, it's uh, it's really for some, especially for financial privacy as well. There's just so many reasons to to get into this world. I've used Monero a lot here, uh, more than I would have expected Excellent. actually. And uh, today my goal is to only use gold. Okay. I don't know why, but I I've, figured it would be good. I've been doing that this week so far. You I've haven't only, used crypto yet. I have haven't you? used crypto yet. Wow. Uh, I'll take it back. I did use crypto uh, to test Footloose. He signed up with AnyPay yesterday at his okay, booth. Awesome. He was he's selling raffle tickets. So, gentlemen, we interviewed on the first night. That's where I spent Monero here. yesterday. Yeah. So he's selling raffle tickets. He's got silver pieces and things like that. So he's got a fairly large value of product that he's raffling. Right. And he came up with the idea of he'll give away more stuff the more raffle tickets that he sells. 
Because you don't know what you're going to get, right? Like maybe this event, maybe it'll be a dud. Maybe you know right. nobody will show up after tomorrow. Uh, but it's not going to be like that. But you still you don't know. And so he's got these different tiers of once he sells X tickets, then he'll give away all these this stuff. And then once he sells Y tickets, he'll give away this extra stuff. It's a really and, good uh, and creative system. I don't think I've ever seen that in a raffle before. Someone must have done it, but, yeah, I haven't seen it. I can't think of the time I've seen it before. So It's a good way of protecting himself from, you know, just not selling raffle tickets or selling only 10 and then having one person walk away with, like, $5,000 worth of silver for $10 or whatever it is. So I did buy... A raffle ticket from him, and I gave him two gold backs for nice. that. And uh, and then I, I helped him get set up with AnyPay so he could accept cryptocurrency payments. And yeah, so I previously did... he was using Coinbase. Yeah, and we talked yeah. him out of that. Um, got him his own wallet set up, connected to AnyPay, and so I did send him, I think it was like a dollar's worth of Dash as a test payment just to kind of show right. him what happens. So that's the only time I've spent crypto here. But I could spend crypto everywhere, right, because every yeah. vendor here... Uh, last year, every food vendor at ForkFest was accepting cryptocurrency, and this year, I haven't seen any food vendors who aren't. I haven't either, and if I do, uh, I'm just going to keep shopping until I find one that is. Yeah, or like you said, you could spend the gold backs if they'll take. Well, if they're not taking crypto; they're probably not going to take gold backs. Oh, I think you're wrong about oh, that. You never know. Really? Oh yeah, there's a lot of people here I guess who today will be the. You'll test it out. Yeah. Well, uh, a lot of people. Uh, are sort of new to cryptocurrency, whereas using gold for trade is a, a much older system of, of circumventing the uh, the Federal Reserve System. It is, but the issue I see with the gold backs is that the actual gold value of these is almost half of what we're trading them at. So I expect resistance from that, from people who aren't already familiar with it. Yeah, I, I don't get that very often. Okay. I, mean, I think that is an objection that you will come across the sure. more people you talk to about it. But in my experience, that hasn't been the case. People do understand that there's extra value in the gold back because it's useful, because it's been made, manufactured in a way that makes it easy. You can slip it in your wallet. Uh, for listeners that don't know, this is an actual one one-thousandth of an ounce gold, basically an art piece. It's like a... They're beautiful. It's a yeah. tradable art piece, uh, essentially, and it has real gold value to it. So I think that it attracts an entirely different person. It's actually, I would say, probably going to be harder in a lot of ways to sell somebody on cryptocurrency who doesn't have it or doesn't have any experience with it because people are used to holding money in their hand, right? So that's one of the hardest sure. things for somebody to kind of grasp with cryptocurrency. So you're saying I have money, but it's on the cloud? You know, it's like I mean, they're used to PayPal and Cash App and Venmo and all of these other things, so they're they're used to it. But this is not a dollar, right? Like, but but they're used to having that and being able to trade it for something that they can actually wrap their hands around. Well, they can do that here. They and in can. a lot of places in like Keene and Portsmouth, and evidently Bangkok has a really active crypto community. That's right. Uh, we got more coming up here uh, from Forkfest. You can go to forkfest.party and check out that website. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. This is Forkfest 2020. We're at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains here in New Hampshire. Uh, joining you in the studio, remote studio at the top of the hill, it's Ian. Peakless Mountaineer. And apparently Ian's pet tranny. 
Uh, For those unaware, according to Chris, Chris Cantwell, Cantwell called me that, and I thought it was really funny, so I threw it up on my Facebook. He, who, by the way, is apparently having a bail hearing on uh, Friday yep. this week, so we'll see how uh, how that goes for him. Uh, and we'll keep you in the loop as that develops. So I want to let you know about Intercoin. Today, large corporations act as middlemen for our everyday online communications and transactions. Often, they work hand-in-hand with governments. In the last few years, these centralized social networks have all launched payment networks. Bitcoin and Ethereum have not been scalable enough to compete, and the team behind Intercoin spent the last decade creating an open, web-based, decentralized social platform to rival Facebook and Google. Now they can use it to roll out a revolutionary payment platform on top. If decentralized crypto doesn't soon gain mainstream adoption to power everyday payments, it'll be Facebook and WeChat's world. We'll just live in it. Intercoin is attempting to regain some of our freedoms that are threatened on the Internet and in meat space. We think that's important here on Free Talk Live. So important, we accepted $40,000 worth of Intercoin tokens from Intercoin Incorporated for advertising. And if you think freedom is important, too, check out Intercoin at intercoin.org. You can invest in this project and potentially make big gains or just be involved and perhaps shape its future. Intercoin.org. We've been talking a lot about cryptocurrency, and that tends to be one of the major conversations I think that people have while they're at this event. I mean, it is, it's almost like a crypto camping festival. Oh, for sure. In a lot of ways. I mean, as I said yesterday, I didn't even bring cash to this event. Right. It was just crypto and gold. And it's worked out for you so far. It has. Yeah. Well, my first year up here, we didn't have, uh, at least on my service carrier, we didn't get uh, signal out here. So uh, when I first came out here, I couldn't trade crypto, which I thought was insane. It's like the yeah. one place, I moved to New Hampshire, I get around the, the Liberty community, the one place where I expect to be able to trade cryptocurrency, and I can't access my wallet because I'm off in the mountains. Yeah, the internet connections up here have gotten better over the years, and uh, worst case, there's usually somebody who's selling Wi-Fi, so uh, you can usually like hop over to whoever's got the Wi-Fi hotspot they're selling access to, and there are ways to sort of the marketplace has kind of worked around that. But, Arya, you had asked, um, do I call you Peakless or Mountaineer or the, the whole thing? Is there Whichever a preference? you prefer. Uh, had, you, had you asked yeah, Peakless Mountaineer I did. Uh, uh, a I, question? I, yeah, he just had some, uh, some lunch or breakfast or whatever meal he wants to call it. And I was curious, you know, how he used, how he paid for the meal. And I, I used the uh, Federal Reserve notes. Right, and it's because of hesitation about the difficulties in acquiring more gold, more silver, more crypto. And I, I understand where you're coming from. If you're going to keep one of these, keep the most valuable one. Exactly. But you can get more of the most valuable one as well. I suppose there is that. Yeah. So I have. I used to be in the same mindset of, I don't want to spend my crypto. I want to get more crypto. I want to amass it, right? Hold, huddle, or what they say, whatever they say. <laughs> yeah, but that's very much the, the wrong mentality, I it think. Is. It I, is. I think that, you know, uh, using cryptocurrency makes it stronger and therefore makes any cryptocurrency that you have inherently more valuable. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely the case. Uh, the crypto is supposed to be used. It's yeah. supposed if, if the guy had never bought the two pizzas, right, uh, yeah. what, the, what happened was Bitcoin Pizza Day, I think it's May 22nd, 2010, I believe, was the, the year. So about a you know, year and a half, not quite, a year and a half after Bitcoin came out. Somebody finally spent it on something, and at least it's the first recorded such thing sure. that uh, that ever happened. And somebody spent ten thousand Bitcoin on two pizzas 
that somebody else ordered for them, you know, somebody, somebody online called up Papa John's and ordered the pizzas and paid probably with a credit card or something. And then the guy who paid in Bitcoin paid the guy who ordered the, the pies for him. Which is very similar to a service aisle for now. That's right. Okay, you work cool. at a pizza shop and yeah. you've sold uh, uh, pizza for crypto, even though the company itself yeah. doesn't and, and accept for gold it. backs. That's correct. So. I, paid with, I, I bought a pizza with gold backs and it's been fantastic. Even uh, got a Bitcoin SV payment once. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So the only time I ever had Bitcoin SV. Did you get rid of it? Uh, yeah, I think I. Yeah, I used it at AnyPay's headquarters. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Because uh, they love it, and I'm ambivalent on it. So. Yeah. So I forget which story I was telling about whatever it was. But uh, you were talking about the uh, million dollar <laughs> pizza. Oh yeah. So the idea of like well, it wasn't a million dollar pizza. It was like it is now ten dollar pizzas. Yeah. Right. It was, it was twenty bucks worth. Um, but the well, idea, and, and if no one had ever actually spent cryptocurrency to buy a good and service, then it wouldn't be worth anything at all. That was the point I was uh, was going to get to, right? Like it, thanks to that guy, or you know, it would have been someone eventually, likely. But if people hadn't actually used Bitcoin, there would be no value uh, to it. It's still a cool; it would be a cool idea, but it wouldn't be a valuable idea because no one actually valued it enough to spend it on something. And but you now can, you can spend it at Newegg. You can spend it on. Yeah. That, that's the only one that's coming that's a to my mind. Right, it's a computer parts place. But, it's fairly uh, large too. It's I like think one of the Overstock also supports it. Yep, there's I some there's some websites that uh, accept it, and uh, of course, like you know, we were talking about here in real life, you can spend it in, at here at uh, Forkfest. Uh, a, a bunch of vendors. I'm not going to say all of them. I haven't been to all of them, but there's a lot of them that are taking cryptocurrency here. And also in real life in Keene, New Hampshire, where we live, yes. the seacoast of New Hampshire, Portsmouth, uh, there's real life businesses there that will accept cryptocurrency. And a lot of it, of course, is, is thanks to AnyPay. Now, there is a legitimate objection to, to spending uh, cryptocurrency is there's a cost of acquisition. So this is the best objection. Like philosophically, we should spend it because sure. we believe in it and we want this thing to take off. We want this to become more popular. We want people to, to adopt it. If we want that to happen, we have to set the example for it. So from a philosophical perspective, from an activism perspective, I think it's an imperative to do this if you can afford to. If you're in a tough spot in, in life and you know money's not coming quick and, and fast or whatever, then it can be hard to justify – well, okay, what do I have to pay to acquire the cryptocurrency? Yeah, I don't mind paying for things with cryptocurrency, but if i got to pay 10% to get the Bitcoin, then it's going to be an even larger disincentive to that person to actually want to spend because then they're going to want to hold on to the Bitcoin until the price goes up. Sure. You know what I mean? Whereas if you can get it cheaply, then it doesn't matter that much. But even if you're paying 1%, like through an exchange or something like that, that's still 1% that you wouldn't have to pay if you paid cash. So there is an economic disincentive Well, There's it. also pressure in the other direction because if you use a credit card or a PayPal card or a lot of times a bank debit card, you will get like 3% rebates and crap like that. Or a 1% cash back or 2% yeah. cash back or something. Just further lower, increasing the cost of using Bitcoin. And unfortunately, the cost of the business using the, the credit cards is built into their prices. So whatever you're paying and you're already paying for the cost of uh, of them using the credit services of mastercard and visa and all yeah and so that is a uh, that is a hill that is hard to push some people over yeah um but if you can afford the one percent then i think for an activism 
perspective, you ought to do it. I don't know where they can get it for 1%, though. I'll be honest. Well, I mean, I mean you, basically any exchange, you'll, they'll charge you less than a percent. That's true. And there's a presentation about this at Freekeen's YouTube channel. That's right. That just went online. You can go to freekeen.com. Uh, actually, the, I don't think we posted a blog about it yet. We, don't, we haven't had time for that. But if you go to youtube.com and look at the Freekeen channel, it's the newest video there. And Aria gets into detail on how to sell Bitcoin. More coming up here from ForkFest 2020. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to send, earn, spend, and exchange digital money in seconds. Send money around the globe with only a swipe. Instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and Fiat right in the mobile app and withdraw directly to your bank account. Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with crypto. Multi-tiered masternodes allow everyone to partake in the network. Visit Divi DiviProject.org. DiviProject.org. Yeah! Free Talk Live. We're at Fort Fest 2020. It's day number three of what's going to be two weeks of uh, people who care about freedom hanging out together on the same campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. We're here at Rogers Campground. It's Ian in our remote studio. Oh, Ari, I far- forgot I turned your microphone down. And it's Aria. Now it's working. All right, good. So, uh, and joining us here is a special guest, Elliot Axelman from LibertyBlock.com. Uh, Elliot, we've, I guess, met here and there over the uh, the years, but uh, you're a mover apparently for yes, the, is it for the free state projects yes sir okay and where'd you come from we came from queens in the socialist republic of new york good place to leave <laughs> mm-hmm. congratulations were you like a native of queens no we bounced around growing up when i was a child mm-hmm. but i was in queens for 10 years and i was finally an adult and working and learning about politics and freedom and the terrible laws and taxes and the more I learned, the more I realized I had to leave, especially if I wanted to buy a house. So how long ago did you move to New Hampshire? In the end of 2017, so almost, okay. almost two years. Okay, cool. And what turned you on to what was happening here? I mean, you're in New York. You're in the Empire State. It is the least free of all of the 50 states by the Freedom in the 50 States study. There's California at 49, and then New York is like mm-hmm. numerically way, 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 way down below. Uh, so even though it's forty nine fifty, there's a score that they receive on their freedom ranking. So like New York is the the worst. What uh, what clued you in to what was happening just a few hours to the northeast? Oh, about New Hampshire. Yeah, it's a really interesting story of how I learned about the Free State Project. Like I told you just a few minutes ago, I was on radio. I kind of stumbled into a radio studio, WGCH on fourteen ninety AM in Southwest Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, I was getting involved in Libertarian Party things in New, in New York, and one of the members of the Libertarian Party of Connecticut was – he bought a block of 10 weeks on this radio show in uh, southwest Connecticut in Greenwich, mm-hmm. and he was on AM radio, and he wanted to talk about education and freedom, and he wanted to have libertarian-leaning guests on his show, and he sent out an email to a few of us, and I responded saying I'd love to help him and I'd love to be a guest on his show. I came in as a guest once or twice. He liked me. He had me co-host a few weeks later. And when he left to do the next thing, which I think he was running for politics in Connecticut, I took over the show full time and he handed it off to me. Cool. So when when he was on the show, it was one of the weeks where he was hosting and I was off and I was listening. He had on Matt Phillips, who was president of the Free State Project a few years ago. Yep. And 
I, I had heard of the Free State Project a few years prior, maybe John Stossel or someone was talking about it on Fox Business or something, but it was really in the back of my mind. I didn't, I was not aware of it. It was not conscious. But when Matt Phillips was talking on my show yeah. during my off week, when he mentioned it and how great New Hampshire was, at that point, Kate and I were already really looking to move. This was already 2017. We were thinking about leaving New York. We mm -hmm. knew that we couldn't afford a house. It's a million dollars for a house. We couldn't afford the house. The taxes, the gun laws are the worst in the country. The regulations, the, the people in New York are, you know, not, not the best people. So <laughs> <laughs> when... When he reminded me on the show, I was listening live to Mark Stewart, the, the primary host of the show, interviewing Matt Phillips. Oh, I know and, Mark Stewart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Mark, it was Mark Stewart's show. He was, the, okay. he was really the founder. So I say I'm the founder of the Liberty Block, but I say he's the real founder. Mark Stewart um, he, ran for uh, president this yes, year in yes, the Democratic primary yes. as like a Liberty Democrat, which is kind of nice. like what I did in New Hampshire a couple of years. I ran for governor as yep. uh, as a Democrat here, and you know just to get the message of Liberty into that primary, and that's what he did. He actually came up to Keene yeah. and went to one of our we we well previous to COVID, we had these breakfasts at the the college there, and he showed up one day and you know hung out with us. Yeah, and he's really incredible. He actually well he ran a few years ago. And I remember he was trying to win the New Hampshire primary. He went all the way up to, I think, Pittsburgh. And mm. he tried to win, like, the midnight, the first primary, so he could oh, be in the wow. lead for a minute. Um, but he's amazing. He actually came up here, and he put up yard signs all around the state himself. Yeah. Oh, you see yeah. the Stuart for Liberty? I saw or... those all over before I yeah. even met him. He put up, like, yeah. thousands of signs yeah. just in the last few months all around the state. It was very interesting. He's an incredible activist. Yeah. He, he yeah. needs to move out of there and get yeah. up here. But you... Well, he signed it a few years ago, so he should move. Oh, good. Good, I'm glad to hear so that. So we got to keep pressuring him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we did it. We did it when he moved to Keene. So good, don't, good. don't worry, we we got that covered. Uh, okay, so keep telling the story. So you yeah, had so Matt, he you so he on. mentioned mentioned it, and you know, Kate and I and my brother, my brother also was very very you know libertarian, and he was the one really pushing to leave New York. I also realized I was realizing more and more as I got older, and as I started getting a paycheck, meaning paying taxes. Because I, I just turned, you know, twenty twenty one. I was really starting mm -hmm. to work. I realized, you know, they're taking twenty percent plus nine plus four percent for the state and city. They're taking a third of my money, and the the laws get worse every day. We have more camera programs, more police, more horrible anti liberty things, like you said. So my brother was looking to move, and I was thinking New York sucks, but can I really move? It's you know I'm comfortable here. I had to be sure. convinced. I, I I was comfortable. I was a medic for years already. I had, I had everything made. I had a really good job too. But my brother was starting to look west and look for the free estate. We figured we're going to move. If we're going to move, let's find the free estate. We're moving anyway. Let's find a state where we can be medics so they have reciprocity for our, mm -hmm. our certification maybe. But let's find the best state once we are moving. So kind of like the FSP, we, we looked into every state in, in the country, and we essentially settled on Wyoming, to be honest. Okay, which um, was the second yes, choice yes. <laughs> in the Free State Project yep. vote. So same thing. They, they have no state income tax, essentially no gun laws as well. Um, an amazing culture of freedom. I went out there, and they, mm -hmm. they explained to me it's like cowboy culture, you know, uh, live free or die, yep. live and let live. It's amazing out there, and I love it. So we essentially settled on that. Um, I, I had to speak to Kate and, you know, try yep. to ask her to move across the country. My brother was single, so he just went. He just went sure. to Wyoming, and he moved, and, you know, he'd been there for years. Um, but I spoke to Kate, and we looked into it a little bit more. Then, thankfully, as she was saying, she was a little reluctant because Wyoming is very far. It's a flight to yep. Denver and then driving to Wyoming. It's far. Um, thankfully, during that time period when we were deliberating and I was trying to convince her to kind of move a 1,000 miles from her parents and sure. all that, we discovered we rediscovered that New Hampshire is worth looking at because I discounted the whole Northeast. I thought it's all Yankee country. 
So I wasn't thinking that there could be a state close to New York that has so much freedom. But when Matt started talking about it and I started looking into the FSP, and then I went to the video and I saw 101 Reasons and I watched that video. The and that's what did reasons, it. Uh, that's what did it. Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, which is a documentary film still available online. And I haven't watched it in a couple of years. So, I mean, I, I hope it still kind of holds up. It came out in 2014. Yeah, it's, it's outdated. Um, mm -hmm. It's amazing. And when I watched it, I mean... But watch the whole thing. It's amazing. It, it's amazing. It may be outdated a little bit, but it still shows the community aspect. It's of this incredible. Thing. I watched it, and the next day I called Kate, and I'm like, you know, it's going to be New Hampshire. We're going to move to New Hampshire. And okay. I, I explained to her about it. We looked into it some more. I came here for an interview. I came here, you know, I applied, and the job market's incredible. So I got offers within a day. Mm. Uh, I got a great offer, a signing bonus too. Nice. And we we looked for an apartment. As soon as we had the job in the apartment, we moved here. Um, but yeah, that video is amazing. I mean. I watched it. I was so convinced for 101 reasons why New Hampshire is the best place for freedom and just the best place to live. Um, I assume you've watched it too, Kate. Um, yes, she's saying it, yes. And, uh, but, it, again, it's a few years old. And when I watch it now, like, like we got rid of permitless carry. We got rid of some other bad stuff. I assume on marijuana we're doing better and better every year. Yeah, a little bit. So I, it needs to be updated. Whoever made it or mm -hmm. someone else needs to make a new video. I'm trying to convince Carla to do it with me. We need to update <laughs> the video, right? Let's Like six years later, let's make a new 101 reasons why. That's a you cool know, idea. Because it has to be updated. It's just a few years old. It's amazing. And I still show it to you know everyone who's thinking about moving. I show it to my friends to convince them to leave New York, leave California. But well, I would love know, a new version. And that's one of the things I wanted to touch on here is somebody who lived in New York for a decade. You know, you know how bad it is. And the people there, they've got to know. Like the Liberty people have to know how bad it is there. But there is those, you know, an object at rest stays at rest. Uh, it's easier to stay where you are. You've already got a job. Your family's there. And But if we've never seen a more insane situation in our lifetime than the last year or the last three months or whatever, I don't know. I, I, mean, I think it's just absolutely crazy. It's the most insane what's, that I've seen. Yeah, what's what's been happening. And I thought it was bad here in New Hampshire. How the New Hampshire governor, you know, made all these ridiculous orders, and sadly, so many business owners obeyed them. But it's way worse in oh, yeah. New York State. And if there was ever a wake-up call for people, like, hey, you know, you didn't really take this movement thing seriously, but we're still here, and things are getting way worse where you are. You, you know, if you're in New York State, there's like a mandatory mask rule, certainly in the city. Um, I've heard the upstate isn't as uh, as enforcing on that situation, but regardless. It's an awful place. So what do you say to those people? Like, what's going to wake them up? What's going to shake them out of their, you know, stupor here? I, I don't know. It's it's so tough. A lot of people are in denial. I mean, I have a lot of friends in New York with, with from the, the LP or from Republican, you know, good conservative activists, a lot of libertarians, independents, ANCAPs. But a lot of them, not so much ANCAPs, but the libertarians and conservatives are in denial. A lot of them are in New York, and they're still saying this. Still to hold this day, they're that, saying they're going to turn it I red. want you to tell me more about that. Can you stick with us? Yes, sir. Okay, more with Elliot Axelman. This is Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're at Fort Fest 2020. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by Divi. The next generation wallet is coming from Divi. In just a few taps, you'll be able to spend, earn, store, and exchange digital money in seconds. Divi says you'll be able to send money around the globe in only a swipe and instantly exchange between Divi, Bitcoin, and fiat currencies like the dollar in the mobile app and withdraw to your bank account. There's no need to wait, though, as Divi already offers the first one-tap solution for earning passive income with their multi-tiered masternodes. 
allowing anyone to earn by supporting the Divi network. When the new Divi wallet launches because of their relationship with Western Union, Divi will be in 200 countries, including the United States. You can learn more at DiviProject.org, D-I-V-I Project.org. Ian and Aria here in our remote studio at the beautiful Rogers Campground. We're here for ForkFest. There's also the Porcupine Freedom Festival uh, happening at the same time. And Elliot Axelman is here. He's got a website. It's libertyblock.com. And we can talk a little bit more about that uh, in just a moment. But you were answering a question about New Yorkers and, you know, what's it going to take to wake them up and say, hey, you know, you're living in the most tyrannical police state of all and if you didn't see it clearly before you should certainly see it clearly now with all this insane uh these insane crackdowns a guy from um he has he works in manhattan was showing us photos last night of all these businesses boarded up with boards all over the windows all throughout this area of manhattan where he works which is you know like a relatively upscale place right yeah and it was just so crazy. Every place is it's open. It's surreal, man. They're all open, but they all have boards up on the windows. And, like, he took a picture right in front of, a, like, a Gandhi statue. So, like, it's right next to the statue of Gandhi, just surrounded by all these boards up, all this no, fear. Ironic. All this fear, 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 violence. So you were saying people are in denial. In yeah, a lot of my friends still in the GOP are in denial. They think they're going to turn New York red again. They think they're going to turn <laughs> California red again. I can't really. imagine being that delusional. And it's, it's sad because they're... They're optimistic. And again, if you know me, I'm, I'm generally pessimistic, but I have to be realistic too, right? California has gotten more and more blue every year mm-hmm. since Reagan, maybe 40 years ago, 50 years ago. Same with New York. It gets bluer and bluer. In fact, New York State, which is one of the most democratic places, one of the least free places, not a lot of people knew this. The New York Senate was actually Republican-controlled technically, you know, not conservative, but Republicans controlled it till a year or two ago when Democrats officially took control of the Senate. Now they have a trifecta. But so it's, it is still getting more and more blue, and it's getting less free, more socialist, more regulated. And still, like you said, they are 50th, and they are by far the least free state. I yep. agree. I'll but, be honest. Um, I don't have any issue if the republicans want to stay in new york yeah, and fight with there. the democrats i would <laughs> yeah, much yeah. rather well the, the good liberty I, I don't republicans. want more conservatives here yeah the good liberty people i'm trying to get here and what i find that's i don't a good know point. how many liberty republicans there really it's a, are it's a great point and and again what i came from and like you asked what got me political was i was conservative raised by conservatives mm-hmm. by good liberty conservatives and thank god it's hard to be open-minded and i'm pretty stubborn but i try to be open-minded too right and we have to be stubborn if we're principled but thankfully i was i was raised a conservative very conservative parents law and order we respect police but you know we support we're skeptical of government we support low taxes low regulation personal freedom my father me my brothers we've all because we're open-minded we went from you know ted cruz Rand paul conservatives all the way more towards Rand Paul, Thomas Massey, Ron Paul, um, and now now I'm a full ANCAP, and you know even anarcho capitalist. Yeah, I've dragged my my parents, um, all three of my brothers, or at least two of my brothers so far, mm-hmm. and a lot of friends from conservative or like you said middle Republican even or conservative, all the way to libertarian or maybe even voluntarist ANCAP. So I flipped on the big police issue where conservatives are here and libertarians are on the opposite side of the spectrum. Myself, I've changed. I've been open-minded. I was the biggest police supporter in the world a few years ago. Mm. So I, I might have been one of those people from New York you, you may have considered a conservative you may not want here because I was a statist, pro-police, you know, pro-government, pro-law and order. I was one of those saying, if you if you resist arrest, yeah, you're going to get killed, man. Just, just don't resist arrest. Just obey the damn law. I was the one saying that sure. four years ago. So now when I argue and I call people, you know, idiots and I say how stupid they are, I kind of think, wait, that was me four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I try to be 
pretty open-minded, and I, I really do understand them. Yeah, it's important to be able to empathize and you yeah. know, put yourself in, in somebody else's shoes. Um, but, you know, you were talking more about, like, the conservative people. Are the uh, more libertarian types in New York also in denial? Do they think they're going to, like, rise up from zero? Yeah, the, <laughs> the people who are ideologically well, libertarian. Well, they Sharp and got behind him. Yep. Yeah, and the Libertarian Party officially, um, again, all Libertarian Party people, and again, I I go back and forth. You know, I, I dealt dabble within mm-hmm. the Libertarian Party stuff, which is fine. Again, I, I like all the activists who are Libertarian Party people, the Porcupines who are in the Republican Party, Independents, ANCAPs. I, I totally support them all, and I want to help them all. Um, but Libertarian Party people in the U.S., in New Hampshire and New York and, and nationally, an essential – Essentially, there's there's some you know denial there because right now it's not winnable. In a hundred years, maybe Libertarian Party people can get elected, but so far from what I've seen, they get one percent or less or more in most places. Yeah, and and Larry Sharp again, and he's from Queens as well, so he was my friend. At, okay, you know, I knew him back from Queens, and he's amazing. I consider him one of the best activists, one of the best speakers. He's he's an incredible asset to our movement. When he ran for governor. And he raised, I think, about a half a million dollars, which is incredible for, for a libertarian, of course. Sure. And he still got, I think, less than 1%. God. So, yeah, it, it's just unbelievable. And then, and again, I, I love him, and I love all the activists who yeah. donated to him and helped for him. And he, he himself went around the tremendous New York State. He went to, like, every town. I mean, it's incredible. That's insane. He did, like, a trillion events for, yeah. for the campaign. Unbelievable. But still, again, no Cuomo. Yeah, no Cuomo. And again, it's, it's about Cuomo. He owns the state, and it's mm-hmm. about the Democrat Party. They own the state. But I imagine what gets me sad is I think about what $500,000 can do like when here. used <laughs> – exactly, when yeah. used at the most bang-for-your-buck place like New Hampshire. Right. He yeah. could have helped us win you know, 100 House seats. You can run for governor in New Hampshire for 100 bucks. That's, you know, if you run as a Democrat or a Republican, you can yeah. file for a hundred dollars, and it's just if you want to do state rep, it's two bucks. If you're mm-hmm. a Republican or Democrat, now if you're a Libertarian, there's more hoops to jump through. And I mean, that's not to say you win though. There's more money to be put into campaigning and signs and all of that. But you can win a campaign. You can win with less money pretty easily here uh, compared to a lot of other places. And this is just the thing that I I don't know I don't know if Libertarians really understand is like you can easily increase your numbers by simply migrating and you can increase the concentration of libertarians and be in a place where the the natives have a lot of them a lot of them have a real freedom mindset they understand live free or die they hate the government Um, they want to be free they like freedom we're speaking their language we can have such an impact and yet it's so hard to persuade liberty-minded people to pick up their lives and make that change and make the move. But you did it, and you're glad you did. Yeah, the best decision I made, best decision Kate made. I mean, New York was was really one of the worst places for living, for the safety, for the prosperity, for the taxes, the regulation. Like I was saying, New York still gets worse. They are the worst state, but New York State still passes worse laws every day. New York City tries to outdo New York State. The Blasio in New York City (laughs) passes worse laws every day. Every day they're increasing the amount of cameras they have for, you know, surveillance cameras, speed cameras, traffic ticket cameras, license plate reader cameras. They're increasing taxes, increasing gun control. Already, no one in New York City can have a gun unless you're a cop or a criminal who, by definition, doesn't follow laws. No other people, the other party is the law-abiding citizens, mm-hmm. those people can't have firearms. Um, to get a permit, you can get a permit if you pay about $100,000 to bribe the police, which is a big scandal, which, sure. you know, it's pretty public now, but all the way up to the Blasio and the commissioner. But other than that, maybe Donald Trump, I think, had a permit when he lived in Manhattan. He could afford a permit, but... For his uh, agents or whatever, right? His he he carried a pistol. Yeah. He carried, yeah. Donald Trump himself? Yeah, he had a permit, yeah. 
I wow. think so. That's a scary thought. Yep. I think he carried a revolver, actually. <laughs> let's give Joe Biden a revolver yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> but unless you have billions, you probably can't get a permit yeah. in New York. It's, it's really, ridiculous. really bad. And they get worse every day. It's, it's horrible. And that's not to say that you know we don't have challenges here. I mean, New Hampshire isn't perfect, uh, but it is by and far. I mean, some would say the number one most free state. Apparently now Florida is giving it a run for its money, I guess. Yeah, I don't believe it either. I'm from Florida. I don't believe that for a moment. Uh, but uh, regardless, you know, it's good to have you here, Elliot. And tell me about Liberty Block. What is it? Yeah, so that site launched, like I was saying, with Mark Stewart in Connecticut. I was a host, and then eventually he moved on and handed the show off to me, and I became the primary host. Is that the name of the show? Yeah, so, so it, it came to be, and again, that's why I give Mark Stewart like all the credit. Yeah. His, his show was called Mr. EDU. He's been an educator. He's been tutoring uh, LSATs and SATs and some other stuff right. for like 30 years. So he's an educator. His show was Mr. EDU. But one day, I think we were both co-hosting one day, he said, come back for the final 15 minutes of the, of the show for the Liberty Block. And he and he kind of just said it offhand, you know, it wasn't planned. Just off the cuff, he said the Liberty Block. He was referring to the last segment of the show where instead ah. of education, we talk about liberty. Liberty, okay. Got it. So he kind of coined it, and I looked at him while we were live, and I'm like, that's a great name for a show. So when he left and I was taking over the show, I couldn't call it Mr. EDU. Sure. Look at me. I'm, I'm, not, not, that I'm not education. Yeah. I'm not the education guy. I mean, I love education, but yeah. I'm not, I don't have you know, all those degrees. Yeah. So I asked him, I said, you know, you mentioned Liberty Block, but you were referring to a segment of the show. Can, I love that name. It's a great name for a show. Can I keep it? And he said, hell do yeah. Go for it. Make a website. Do it. Let's cool. do a whole, a whole big thing. So, so we made the, the website? Site. Yeah, so libertyblock.com. We made it to, to host initially just to host the audio from the, the show. I could download the audio so my friends who couldn't listen live can listen later. But then during the week, I had time on my hands, and I was ranting about you know how great de Blasio is. So I was writing about New York City government, so I supplemented the website's audio with you some articles. you want to stay for another one? Yeah, yeah. Elliot's uh, back with us here in moments from ForkFest 2020 here at Rogers Campground. You can come up and join us. Go to ForkFest.party to learn more. Remember when you first heard about Bitcoin? How long did it take you to realize this little project would soon change the world? Do you kind of wish you had gotten involved sooner? Well, now is your chance to be part of the next revolution in money. Intercoin is working to finally make crypto go mainstream. It's designed to be scalable enough to support everyday payments and even elections without the state. Bitcoin was originally supposed to be a peer-to-peer cash system, the way we would all pay one another without having to trust any third party. But instead, over time, it mostly became a store of value. That's because every 10 minutes, the Bitcoin network must put all transactions into a block. And that block can only hold so much. If crypto is to become mainstream, for everyone to use it in everyday payments, we need a new architecture, one that's as secure as Bitcoin while being far more scalable. Check out intercoin.org to find out more and maybe pick up some of those coins for yourself. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're at Porkfest 2020 and Ian and Aria in our remote studio here. And uh, finally, the sun has come out. It's no longer overcast for sure. Yep, on what uh, what has been a nice overcast day, but it's still at least somewhat cool. We're here under our broadcast tents, hanging out during the daytime. And yes, that means we, we don't take phone calls on our episodes from the campground. We can't do it. Uh, we do record our uh, you know various different interviews with people, and we'll still cover news here and there whenever we get a chance to look at it. But one of the nice things about being here is you can pretty easily ignore what else is happening in in the rest of the world. Yeah. There's so much to do, 
And when I say that, I don't mean like to go see some sort of speaker or whatever. Those haven't even started yet. The Porcupine Freedom Festival is going to have some speakers uh, starting on Thursday. So I guess by the time you're hearing this, that that will have started. Uh, but the the thing you do here is you just go and you talk to people and you walk around and encounter new new folks and have conversations and. It has excelled at that already in in just the first uh, three days. Um, and, and Elliot, you just showed up here, uh, is that right today? Yeah. So you were telling us about uh, Elliot Axelman is here with uh, LibertyBlock.com, and you were just telling us a little bit about the history of how you got into doing this. What is a podcast now? Yeah, it's a, a website that has mostly articles. That's the primary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you write as thing, well? Yeah. The, okay. the thing that I do most now is write, but it started as, as that radio show. We made the website to host just the audio, the MP3 files, mm-hmm. and I uploaded it to a podcast as well. And I started supplementing it in New York with mostly local uh, political analysis from a liberty perspective. And then when I moved here a few months later, so th- this was the beginning of 2017, maybe uh, spring or summer, a few months later, in October, by October, I moved here. I totally ditched New York because now I didn't have to write about local New York stuff. There was no reason to write about it. Sure. Like I said, it's a lost cause. So I started writing right away. By November, I was writing articles about local New Hampshire politics. Okay. So there are a million websites writing about national stuff, and Trump is good, Trump is bad. But There's I didn't not want, a yeah. lot about New Hampshire. Yeah. So I wanted to be one of the few you know, f- locally focused, New Hampshire focused websites from a liberty perspective and retain that high quality or at least, you know, I think it's pretty high-quality articles of, of try to get good sources, try to write with decent journalistic integrity and decent journalistic standards of you know uh, easy-to-read articles. So I've been doing that since 2017, so almost three years we've been writing articles and still doing some, some podcasts and Facebook videos and YouTube videos, and we're getting back to podcasts, and we're going to start a few more podcasts and video shows weekly now. Okay, cool. But, yeah, just mostly locally focused on news and politics and analysis of just the news and the politics and, and bills and everything going on in New Hampshire. So if you're going to be doing video, have you considered putting the product on, like, public access channels in New Hampshire? I have not looked into it much, but I know a few Porcupines do stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, Carla I think Carla and a few others have is, done TV. Yeah, I think she's currently doing a TV show. That might be the, one of the next things we do look at doing because that would be great. And I've heard that it could be done relatively easily, but I, I haven't looked into it much yet. Yeah. Um, I, I've been involved with public access television in Keene. I was on the board of directors of the public access channel there for probably a decade. And as I've got a lot of experience with it. It is a good resource that is there for you. I mean, essentially, it's there because of the, the federal government, but it is essentially a, a free speech platform. Basically, the federal government said to these uh, cable companies, well, we're giving you these franchise rights or whatever, but in return, you have to provide this free speech platform for people to say basically anything uh, that they want to. Although it is a non what they call non-commercial uh, platform, so if you have advertisements in the show, that could be an issue, um, in which case... If you wanted to to do a uh, you could do, do two different versions of the show, or you could make sure that your commercials or your advertisements are instead sponsorships, and so sort of like uh, NPR and these you know yeah. other groups do, they'll say things like uh, well, a difference between a sponsorship and a commercial is a commercial has something called like a call to action. Come on down to Joe's Car Lot, you know. Okay, well you can't say that, uh, but you can say Joe's Car Lot has. You know, a sale going on for, and here's where our location is. Right, so you so you can't have a call to action. Uh, you can't say you're the best car lot. So you can't have what they call a superlative, 
But besides those couple of rules, you can kind of like you know sculpture a a, 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 pr- a promotional, if you will. That's not the same thing as a, an advertisement. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, and then you can get uh, the viewers. What what few viewers still remain on cable television these days? Uh, that is a shrinking audience, just like newspapers are are shrinking and, and dying over time. But there is still you know some be- some people are watching it, and they're all going to be in New Hampshire, so it's a good way to get some exposure. That's true, yeah. yeah. Again, we need more people on the team. Our team has grown to, I think, seven now on, on the board of Liberty Block now. And But they're not but, all in New Hampshire, you were telling me? No, it's, it's just me. Oh, wow. And and the rest are in New York, New Jersey, Arizona, New Mexico. Okay. And right now, my brother is uh, a nomad doing contract work as a medic. He's in Louisiana right now. Now, is this the same brother that moved to Wyoming? Yeah, he was earlier? in Wyoming. He was a flight medic for a few years. Then he took a job as a director of a small EMS company in New Mexico and left there, took so, a contract in Georgia, and now a contract in Louisiana. Did he give you any feedback on the Wyoming you know, movement? Because there was what called, what's called Free State Wyoming. Did you ever hear about that? I, I haven't heard about that. They were the group Ex- of people who were, were basically like, after the Free State Project vote happened and Wyoming got mm-hmm. second place, New Hampshire overwhelmingly won, but Wyoming was a second place. And uh, so there was a certain group of people who... You know, they didn't want to go east. You know, of course, they wanted yeah. to stay west, and so they said, "Well, we're just going to do Free State Wyoming." As we're far gonna... as I know, there's, there's, I haven't heard that term, Free State Wyoming, but yeah, they they're... basically died off. Essentially, what happened was they moved to Wyoming, and Wyoming's so big, yeah, yeah. You, they moved to Wyoming and shoot their guns in the middle of nowhere, right? And they have the life that they're looking for, but like getting to the capital and exactly, doing yeah. any it's activism. It's the opposite of here because the, yeah. the capital is Cheyenne, and it's actually the least central capital I think in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It's in the southeast corner of the state. <laughs> so unless you live in Cheyenne, uh, yeah. it, it's very hard to get to the capital. My brother lived in Casper, which is the actual center of the state where the capital should be. Yeah. So he's in the center. Cheyenne's the southeast corner. I think it was a, a two-and-a-half-hour drive. So I can go to the capital in 10, 10, 15 minutes. We can be in the capital for my house and for most houses in, in New York State. Yeah, in and Hampshire, even really. from Keene, it's an hour and Yeah, 10 it's minutes. doable. But for yeah. Wyoming, it's hard to get to the capital. They don't have the same uh, infrastructure of public hearings and 400 state reps. So it's a lot less accountable and less – active participation in their government but also like you said it's wide open so when i was out there you know i visited him and i I went out there a few times they're they're amazingly pro-freedom they have a great culture of of cowboy culture but the problem is they're actually too complacent and when i speak to my brother or my other friends there and i say you got to fight for wyoming get involved and they say us cowboys ain't no threat to us cowboys we're never gonna change and they're just (laughs) a little too complacent they think wyoming is so cowboy so Mm -hmm. free and they're right but I think that that no one is is totally, you know, invincible, right? So, eventually, when California well, as as there's move, a state, we can always be freer. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they can get freer, and and they're also not invincible from you know Californians taking them over and doing to them there's what they did to Oregon, Washington, yeah. uh, Texas, New Mexico, Arizona. Arizona was red, you know, a, a year ago. I blinked, and now it's purple, but apparently it's blue now. Mm. And you know, New Mexico as well. Texas is also becoming more like California. Mm-hmm. Um, Oregon, and Washington are already California. It seems more important now than it's ever been to have political migrations, to have a philosophical migration of people who have similar beliefs. Hey, if you love socialism and you love communism, you should go to California. You know, you should be in in, yes, please. Uh, in Oregon and Washington. Uh, if you love, you know, hard right conservatism, get down to Texas. You know, there's there are places uh, for people to get along better with one another, and they should do that. 
uh, you know, especially now in, in these even more crazy times where things are getting more bizarre by the minute. I mean, when's the better time to get together with people who think like you do than now? Why wait another you know, decade? Because yeah. the time passes by quickly. Ultimately, so the older you get, they say the time it's passes by faster for sure. Because <laughs> each year is a smaller portion of of your life uh, from that point. So, hey, Elliot, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're enjoying uh, New Hampshire, and it's nice to see you here. Congratulations! Yeah, thank on you so move. much. Uh, and and I love that you really enjoyed the movie uh, 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire. I had the honor of being a co-producer of that film, so. I uh, I didn't put it, it. I didn't put as much work into it as I did Derek J's Victimless Crime Spree, and uh, that is also another favorite of mine. So check that out at victimlesscrimespree.com. If you haven't seen 101 Reasons Liberty Lives in New Hampshire, there's a website for that too. It's still online. You can watch it anytime. 101 reasonsfilmcom It's a great little, just an hour long. It's a, it's super easy to watch it, and they hit you. 101 Reasons, boom, 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 in that one hour, and it's it's, nice. it's impactful. It's really good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, so check him out at libertyblock.com. I imagine you can subscribe to the podcast there and follow him. we got more coming up here from ForkFest 2020. Go to ForkFest.party to learn more about the event. It's Free Talk Live. We're here at uh, Fort Fest and the Porcupine Freedom Festival. They're both happening at the same time for the first time this year, which I just think is fantastic. And it's Ian here in our remote studio with special guest Carla Garrick. Hi, Ian. Hey, Carla. Thanks for coming on Free Talk Live. I know that you know things are gearing up here for the first big day, I think, of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Well, I mean, I've been surprised since Monday, just shockingly, how many people have been here. So it's that's, big that's already. really yeah. exciting. So um, I think there's hundreds here already. Oh, yeah, easily. I mean, we've sold almost a thousand tickets already, mm-hmm. and we keep selling, and um, I think about 200 and something people have checked in already. So, That's great. Yeah. Plus, so. you got whoever else is just in the park. There's usually the park regulars that are here for the whole season. So there's probably a few more dozen. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they sure they're probably, you know, there. I, I went out with my golf cart, you know, and you'll see them. Some people know us by now. Yep. I think sometimes they come early just to come hang out and check it out and see what's going on. So, yeah, it's a cool event and it's been going on for years. Wasn't the first pork fest in like 2003? So it was 17 years ago. So, yes, it was 2003. I think my first one that I attended was 2006, and that mm-hmm. was here at Rogers. And then the first two I organized, I'm in for the hat trick, uh, was 2009 and 2010. So and those is- were two big years. They were starting to get even bigger yep. at that time. Um, and the, so we talked about some of the history of the Porcupine Freedom Festival over the last few days here on Free Talk Live and how, you know, over the over time, there was this Agora Valley, which became this amazing, hot zone for economic activism or act um, activity like people would set up food counters and you know sell food and sell products and whatever and way back in the day uh, it was just sort of this self-organizing thing right where people set up wherever they could get the spot like it was people were like hot to trot to register for like the next year like as soon as they would finish one year they'd go into the office here at the campground and say i want that same spot you know for next year's uh, pork fest and at some point 
I don't know who made the decision. Curtis. It was Curtis. Yes. Uh-huh. The one, one of the guys who's been banned from the festival subsequently. Yeah. By the way. You know, Curtis. Uh, you know, I don't know that Curtis was ever actually banned from the festival. Oh, I really? think he just kind of worked his way out. Uh, he he certainly was not a good partner. You know, I like to work with community partners who mm-hmm. kind of you know complement each other and kind of help each other instead of people you know just trying to make things harder than they need to be. I was going to say just trying to make a buck because. That's what now that you said his name and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Because I remember how Curtis was, you know, he was a hustler. And and there are a lot of people here who are hustlers. So, you know, that's how it goes. Uh, You know, even even, you know, if you've worked as I have for for decades now on a festival, you know, it irks me a little bit when I hear someone else is promoting their festival on the piggyback of my festival. You know, I was surprised to hear that. Fork Fest is being promoted this week as well. Oh. I, I mean, I have to be honest. Oh, okay. I was well. always told, you know, it was uh, a Spork Fest before Pork Fest, Fork Fest after Pork well, Fest, and now I guess it's just all one big festival. I think that's I think that's a good thing. I mean, because we're all out there promoting people coming here to this park at the same time. So, so, so what is what 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 would make it different? Or you, you just changed the name, or like why? Is, I don't know if I understand the question. Why? Why, why? Okay, so you ran Keenvention, right? I did. Yes. So imagine I came to Keenvention, yeah. and I just I called it Keenventioner, mm-hmm. and I just showed up, and I tried, you know, to be in your lobby and throw an event. What would you think about that? I think I would welcome you. You and, would, and thank you for for coming and you okay. know, have a have a conversation with you. Um, and you're talking about Fork Fest, right? Yes. That's what you're that's what you're referring to here. Well, I was just uh, surprised when you said, "Oh, it's taking." Like I just I'm surprised. I thought it was something that was happening next week. Like I thought there was a set. That's what thing. I thought. Um, and then uh, what happened was the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and, and we were going to get get to this. Uh, made an interesting choice this year to sort of decentralize yep. the, the the porcupine well, which is festival. the shorthand for Carla is a lazy organizer and no. the more I think no it, it is shorthand for me I mean I actually mean this as a compliment to myself I've always liked the decentralized approach yeah. I think it works better it, it sort of it socializes the pain so to speak right like everyone gets to do a little bit instead of you know one group of people or someone like me having to do it all so I think that's great i just think it's strange to have two named festivals at the same festival well, jay, it just seems odd jay me. noon has been calling it the new hampshire freedom festival okay or f- festivals or whatever <laughs> you know that and, and he's referring to the whole two weeks and he sort of sees it as both of the events are in tandem uh, with one another so just for our listeners a little bit of history Forkfest came out of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It was called Forkfest. It was actually Daryl Perry who came up with that oh, name. I, I don't even uh, know anything about this yeah, history. Originally, it was called Somalia Fest. It was uh, <laughs> Derek J. And... Oh, I did answer press questions about that did one. Did you? Yes. Uh, Der- Derek J. So this was four years ago. Derek J. Uh, and Stephen were calling this Somalia Fest. And um, some people were not happy with the direction the Porcupine Freedom Festival had taken. And, and part of that reason was what had happened with Agora Valley. Where, as you said, a previous organizer who was not you started charging for the the spaces, and for a little while it worked. Okay, right? like, can we explain why there was charging for that? Please. It was because 
Uh, the agorists in the area were putting extra strain on the facilities. Mm-hmm. By example, people would cook and put hot oil down the pipes. The Ooh, pipes no would good. get uh, clogged. Yep. You know, we had one incident one year with uh, Old Expo. Someone put a stake through the water main. We didn't have water for three oh, yeah. days. You know, I like we've that. just had a lot of history and drama and stories. But the positive is we're all here. You and I are talking. We're looking each other in the eye. I'm excited. I think that, you know, we all have a real enemy to fight, and that is the state. Yeah, absolutely. And so the more we can get people here, and I don't know about you, but I've met a lot of first-timers. Oh, yeah. And I've met a lot of people who are kind of going, wow, now's the time, right? I'm also seeing a lot of old faces, too. There's a lot of people who I haven't seen in years, who haven't been here in years. I met a guy who last came in 2005. Wow. And he was, and he seems super nice, and he was just like, he lives here. Okay, great. He moved, yeah. And then he was just like, oh, I came once, and then I didn't, and then COVID, and now I'm here. So I thank, you know, I thank the response, the government-manufactured economic crisis mm-hmm. that is a cause by this, and I think it's going to help us grow fast. Well, that's what I was talking with Elliot Axelman just a moment ago about was like, what do we do to shake people out of their slumber? I mean, this recent crackdown should have done it. Like, hello, libertarian types. You know, you just saw how far the state can grab power in an instant with these lockdowns and these COVID crackdowns that have been happening everywhere. The fear mongering uh, that we're seeing left and right. It's scary stuff. If people aren't going to like, hello, wake up, come to New Hampshire. Hello, McFly. It's like, now's the time. <laughs> I think they are waking up. I mean, I, I do feel heartened. I, I definitely see a lot more. Uh, social media interaction. I see people, you know, asking questions. I think the turnout, you know, as we both said, it's Wednesday. We're going to see a, I think this is going to be a bumper pork fest. In fact, uh, one of the things I'm really excited about is I've been involved with the reopen New Hampshire rally from the start. You and I saw each other there, you know, with our bandanas and then like no bandana and then yeah you know the whole thing i mean i kind of like the idea that you could go out and uh wear a hat and a bandana and a gun and and go into a bank (laughs) Uh, hold that thought carla garrick here is with me i'm at uh, fork fest 2020 and the porcupine freedom festival all happening at once and everybody is having a good time here it's been great so far and it's going to get even better as the weekend approaches because it always does it always builds up to an amazing saturday night there's more coming up here this is free Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com it's free talk live we're at Forkfest 2020 on a beautiful day probably the nicest day so far and also the porcupine freedom festival happening here in fact it's going to really kick into high gear tomorrow with some speakers getting on to the main stage down in the pavilion but so far it's just been a constant build people coming in day after day vendors setting up i think day one there was one guy selling food and by day two we had several so there's 
you know, choices in the marketplace here already. Carla Garrick is joining me. She is a senatorial candidate here in New Hampshire. That's another story, but we're talking about the Free State Project and the Porcupine Freedom Festival. We got into a little bit of the history of the event. And what I thought was really interesting and sort of telling last year was, and you re- you may remember last year, there was this sort of self-organized street this uh, zone called Where It's At. Mm-hmm. And what happened was some of the vendors were just kind of tired of the the fees and, and some of the rules. And they said, you know what? We can just move to this one aisle, four, you know, five aisles down outside of the Agora Valley area. And we don't have to pay the vendors fees and we don't have to deal with the, uh, the extra rules. And it was a huge migration where the market basically said, yeah, we want to change. And what I was really happy about was that when you came in to organize this year, you said, you know what, let's open it up again. Let's decentralize the event. Let's undo some of these rules. Let's take away, you know, the, I haven't seen the Rangers. There's like the Porkfest Rangers that used to ride around. Like, the I mean, we do squad. have Rangers because, you know, people get hurt. People yeah. make noise. People jump into fires. You know, you, I heard about that. <laughs> you, only you, once. You, only once. You, you know, everything only happens once. <laughs> you know, the naked guy on stage once. Yeah. Then you have to have auditions that, you know, yeah. you have to iterate, right? That's what we do. We're innovators. So we constantly want to make it better. Yeah. And then sometimes people make it better to an extent where it's just too good or they've too gone too firm far they or went too, too far you know yeah and and, then, and, and it then was palpable for some of the people here and so to have you make the decision to say let's do it old school let's go back to the old days of decentralization let people pick their own campsites and, and i don't think you're going to see the where it's at zone this year i think they're going to fill back in and we're already seeing it happen here in the agora valley so kudos and i've been giving you kudos uh, all week here this week so i think that's a, the right choice yeah no i i i mean i'm a, i've always been a fan of decentralization yeah. It's sort of how I live my life, too. I think people can do their own things. But a little bit of planning also is not the worst. (laughs) Right. Centralization has its benefits in some areas, right? So, like... Uh, here's a good example. You guys have this app called Whova. It's mm-hmm. uh, you know it's an organizational event planning kind of here's the schedule kind of app. It allows people to interact uh, who are attending an event, and uh, you guys have been using it I think for the last few years yeah. at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and it gives people this sort of electronic central place because everybody's got their phone, and now we have internet service pretty decent here at the campground, so it's a good way to to schedule things. And apparently anybody can who's at the Porcupine Freedom Festival can sort of add uh, independently organized events to the well, schedule this so, year. Well, so, yeah. So what we did, and hopefully in the future we can even figure out how to decentralize it more. Mm-hmm. So we did have to, you know, manually put it on the schedule. But what we did is we have our... Pork Fest official offerings, you know, Tom right. Woods, Jeffrey Tucker, you know, I'm really excited to have Tom come out. He's never That's been to Pork time. Fest. I can't believe Yeah, he's he's done Liberty Forum, but right. he's never done Pork Fest. Right, right. Uh, you know, we're doing Soapbox Idol again. That's yeah, good. a you know, crowd favorite. Yeah. And so we wanted to, you know, have scheduling, but not right. overly scheduled. You know, of course, also planning this in in the middle of, you know, the the weirdness, as I like to call it, mm-hmm. was hard because, you know, I always knew I was going to go ahead and do it. I was like, it's going to be a First Amendment, Second Amendment protected assembly, you know, whether it's legal or not. I mean, fortunately, the state, you know, in giant air quotes, did reopen. I mean, we were going to do it anyway. But it's hard to plan and to get, like, fancy speakers and book people's airplane tickets when you're, like, 
Well, when you're just like, well, I don't know, and everyone has a different appetite for risk. So you're trying to deal with people and sort of accommodate, you know, the weirdness without, you know, being like, hey, don't be a chicken. You got to come kind Mm -hmm. of thing. So we have them coming out, and uh, I think it's, I mean, I'm excited. I think it's going to be, it's going to be. The energy's definitely here. It's got a good vibe, uh, vibration to it. People are having a good time already. Right. And And so with the Hoover thing, so we we decided we were going to do the formal scheduling, but then also do uh, what we're calling independent offerings. Like independence is kind of, you know, a big theme for both you and I. You know, uh, uh, it starts from within, and then you sort of build out from there, and and so we wanted to say to folks, hey, come, like what you got, right? Yeah. Because it's also interesting, and I think this is important to note, uh, there are a lot of loudmouths that clamor for things, right? I want this. Don't do this. I don't like this flavor. I don't like this, right? Mm. Like we have a lot of people who have a lot of opinions, but when you put their feet to the fire and you say, all right, what you got? Right. Step up. Then yeah, a lot yeah. of those people disappear. So this is the call out to our community. And they've answered the call. I mean, we have food vendors. Yep. We have tons of people. There are lots of families. The pool's now open. You know, I think it's just, it's, it's, it's what it should be, right? I we agree. want to create an event that reflects both our values, but also reflects the way we want to live our lives, you know, who we want to associate with, who we want to hang out with. And over the years, people People have figured that out, right? Like everyone kind of goes, oh, I'm in this group or this, yep. or, you know, and it, and it works. It does. Uh, and so, well, I was going to say, as far as centralization, having that centralized scheduling thing is nice. So even though there's somebody who has to, sort of information has to pass through to get onto it, ForkFest is this decentralized thing where there's no organizer. It's like everybody just does their own thing, which means that if somebody cooks up a calendar, then we have one. But if somebody doesn't, and we don't. Last year, there were two competing calendars. <laughs> this year, there was like a last-minute calendar that somebody threw together, and there's really not that much that's listed on there. So the Whova app is, is the winner, I would say, of, as far as a little bit of centralization in that case makes sense. It works. Now, I don't know what you have to pay to uh, Yeah, to a, there, there is a licensing fee, and, mm. and, you know, that's one of those things over the years. Uh, you know, I, I dip in and dip out with the FSP over the years, and you know, it, my, my level of frustration can go up and down depending on what happened. Uh, my husband, Louis, is a techie, and we actually mm-hmm. worked really hard over the years to create free open source solutions for the organization. And, and when I stepped down... Uh, changes were made, you know, and I'm I'm a cheapskate, and I yep. think that I believe in open source, so you know, I, I those are the solutions I I personally would choose. So I'm pretty shocked at the amount of licensing fees that this event is costing me. So everyone, mm. come to Porkfest, <laughs> come buy a $25 ticket, come in. But also, if you can't come and you're listening to this show. Mm. Buy a InSpirit ticket. Show your support. Okay, I sure. feel like there are thousands of people, thousands of listeners out there who yeah. should all buy a ticket because we're going to need it because we have to ramp up and we have to get all of you to move to New Hampshire. The time is now. Yeah, it really is. And I think that's, of course, what this event has always been great for. The Porcupine Freedom Festival for years has been that, for many people, first experience of really being able to say they've met more than two other libertarians. You know, <laughs> so like, true. Instead, you've met 200 or several hundred or whatever, because you can't meet everybody here. In fact, I was commenting, one of the ways you can tell this is a big event already is somebody told me Ernie Hancock's here. I and haven't seen him in I haven't two, seen. I've seen Donna, but I haven't days. seen Ernie. Yeah. Uh, and so that that's an example of 
yeah, I mean, the campground's large, but, you know, if it were a really small event, I'd have seen him by now, right? But uh, I, I haven't seen him. So there's definitely a lot of people here already. It's not too late for you to come out. You're hearing this on Thursday night. If you're in New England, get in the car, get on up to uh, to northern New Hampshire. We're in Lancaster at uh, Rogers Campground. Such a beautiful location. I mean, if you were just coming here for the view, that's a good enough reason because it's splendid. The people are, of course, the real reason to come up here, of the course. experience of and, meeting people who care about freedom. And actually, we're going to be doing on Saturday, I'm trying something new as well. It's something that's been a vision of mine over the years. So from noon on Saturday, it will be free to come to Porkfest. Oh, the cool. idea behind that is uh, this is a rallying call to all freedom-loving people in the region. Mm-hmm. We should all know each other. I want to see you. I am planning my group photo for that time as well. Okay. We are doing the big luau uh, pig roast afterwards. Uh, Hawaiian shirts optional. And, <laughs> and, and we'll have some... Uh, it's not time for the big igloo. I see it as a giant laughable troll, but uh-huh. you know, if if you know if people are going to make up silly stuff, we may as well lean into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, the pig roast, which is supplied, of course, by Bardo, one of our big meat suppliers here in the state of New Hampshire. Actually, hold that thought. We're going to continue here in a moment. It's free. Talk Live. We're at Porkfest 2020, also the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Their website is porkfest.com. We have the organizer for this year and two previous years as well. You said you're going for the trifecta, Carla. Carla Garrick, actually, let me turn your mic back up here. Now you're back with me. And so we've been talking about, you know, what the history of the event has been and how it's changed over the years and how it's gone more decentralized this year. And I think for the best, and we're already seeing a really great group of people coming in, and it's going to even get even better as this weekend goes on. So you don't want to miss out. Usually Friday and Saturday nights are the big nights at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. So come on up. And then stay on. Uh, if you're just coming up for this weekend, stay through next weekend. The campground's got uh, fireworks on July 4th, and that whole next week is all Fork Fest. We don't know what it's going to look like because, well, we don't have tickets that we can say that anyone has sold. And if you've paid for someone, uh, if someone t- sold you a ticket to Fork Fest, you got scammed because there are no tickets to uh, to Fork Fest. But we still hope to see you come on out. You can go to ForkFest.Party to learn more about that event and again, it, no one's in charge of that event, so you can come here and build, you know, and create whatever it is the experience that you want to have. So there's going to be a musical uh, performance that's going to be going on. There's a ladies' night out campsite uh, that's going to be putting on speeches, and I think Chris Lopez uh, is going to be giving a speech at that uh, event. So there's going to be some cool stuff. She's uh, she's going to talk about. She was telling us last night uh, that she's going to be discussing. Basically, she's in a wheelchair due to a horrifying accident that happened, and uh, that changes life in a lot of different ways, and she's, she's going to be talking about that uh, next week. So there's a lot of cool stuff that's going to be happening. We'll try to drag some people in here to, to talk to us. But, Carla, give me some highlights. Uh, what are you looking forward to? I mean, as an organizer of an event like this, there's a lot of things to do, but there's not as much this year because of the decentralization aspect. So maybe you'll get to go and see something. If you can go and, like, you know, do some things that are not the organizer things. If you were attending the Porcupine Freedom Festival, where would you go? Well, I would definitely go to both my talks. 
And what are you talking I'm, about? Uh, I'm doing a police accountability talk on Thursday right after. So we'll be kicking off in the pavilion on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, no one's going to hear this because this is coming out on Friday. But we are also doing... This is doing, Thursday, but oh, Thursday yeah, will be over. Right. Yeah. So um, I am also excited for there's going to be a private policing panel with Tom Woods and some guys from Cato and stuff. That'll be on Saturday. So private just, policing. So talking about how we can uh, decentralize the police so that we can break the monopoly on violence that police have. So, you know, sort of with all the reforms we're looking at that libertarians have been saying forever and apparently now everyone's getting on board qualified immunity having police Mm -hmm. carry insurance like all of that stuff so that should be a pretty interesting panel that's on saturday it's a timely Uh, panel that's for sure this is the the thing people need to hear about and i don't think the libertarian solutions are being discussed in any meaningful way in most places i mean you've got this is republicans and democrats who are pandering to what's going on out there so they're trying to make it look like they're doing something i think you're going to see a whole lot of hot air from these politicians and a lot less of actual like change coming in. I I mean I think you're right. You know I'm cautiously optimistic. I mean here in New Hampshire, I'm sure your listeners know about the whole Lori's list and the secret list of bad New Hampshire cops that they have. Mm-hmm. And that list was redacted. It had 260 names on it. They took the names off. We're doing a right to know panel on Saturday as well, mm-hmm. where we'll talk about it. But you know in the last two months, we've had two really positive court cases come out of the Supreme Court of New Hampshire that overturned Fenneman. And Fenneman was the case from the 90s that actually allowed them to take all their malfeasance and put it in their personnel records. And then they said their personnel records are private. Mm. That was overturned. Interesting. And so that's a big deal. So we'll be talking about that. But because of all this stuff that's been going on, I did hear that, um, you know, Governor Flununu did... uh, um, did say they're working on releasing the lorries list. Now I think that they, they're backdooring, and it's uh, there are reasons to be skeptical. But you well, know yeah, that's the kind of pandering I'll at least like to look at. I'm sure. um, trying to get on that commission. And, yeah, I saw something about him forming some sort of commission with like the attorney general as the head of the yeah, commission. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty Pops. bad. It, it's there was fifteen one girl, pe- mm. one girl from the ACLU on there, and I didn't see a whole lot of other people that I'm like, yeah, that person should be there. Yeah, I was trying to, uh, I'm trying to get on that, or at least get someone from Right to Know New Hampshire on there, right. and and I sent them a few other names if they don't want me and they don't want to hold their nose for me. That's well, okay. I would, I would love to have you get on there because somebody needs to throw in. This idea, and I'm sure it'll be ignored and rejected or whatever, but it's one of the ideas I have not seen uh, propagated anywhere amongst all the protests. End the war on drugs. Drugs. If you want to end the insane uh, abuse against not just black people, but against all kinds of poor people and folks that, that the police target regularly, it's the drug war that is the prime excuse. That's not to say it'll go away completely if you end the war on drugs, but it'll probably knock down police abuse incidents by 90 plus percent. And actually, that is a conversation I am seeing. I am seeing articles about it. You know, of course, Good. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I have a podcast called Told You So, right? Because is this I feel the same like thing that... as your TV show? No, my TV show is uh, just a weekly cable access okay. TV show, kind of like you guys used to do back in the day yeah. in Keene. Yeah. So uh, I've been doing that for about a year. That's called Manch Talk. 
talk. So you're like way multimedia now. You're I am. Um, I'm, I'm everywhere. I have a book coming out. It's called The Ecstatic Pessimist. You can now buy it on Amazon. It <laughs> is a fascinating package of writing, according to Nick Gillespie from Reason Magazine. Who's publishing it? Uh, I self-published. Cool. Yeah. And, and mostly because, you know, I mean, I have a degree. I, I mean, I'm a lawyer by training, mm-hmm. right? But I have a master's degree in, in creative writing yeah. and arts. I went back yeah. to school for that. And so some of it is uh, some of my essays and stuff from from my MFA days, but mm-hmm. a lot of it is actually blogs and essays and opinion pieces from my time with the Free State Project. So a lot of police accountability stuff, our DUI checkpoints back in the day. Have they you stopped know? doing those in Manchester now? They have, yes. And they cited their reason, of course, was because we would go out and do it. Now, that's also the reason when why- When you say do it, you mean oppose the checkpoints, physically activists in the streets with signage saying, hey, police ahead, turn here. You know, right. Help Sometimes avoid- we'd have lasers out. It would say police yeah. checkpoint up ahead. People could see it from far away. So That's a that, huge win, by the way, for them to huge. acknowledge. It would have been a win if they just stopped. But for them to acknowledge the reason they stopped was actually because of the activists, because of the migration to New Hampshire, because it wouldn't have happened otherwise. And that's That's true, because that's also something very important for people to remember is safety in numbers. Yes. There is something to be said for being here. You know, our lives didn't change that significantly under the lockup as compared to, I think, other places. And it was very reassuring to me to know I've got friends here and that we actually all understand what the challenge is, what the problem is, and what the solution is. Mm-hmm. And, and we're working towards it yeah. as well. So Instead it's of just complaining about it, exactly. which is what libertarians are really good at doing <laughs> in uh, most other places. So, uh, Carla, you mentioned the podcast. You've got the TV show. Is the TV show YouTube as well? It is YouTube at CarlaGarrick.com. That's what I was going to ask. How do you link yep. to all these things? Yeah, all of it goes through my website. So that's CarlaGarrick.com. My G-E-R-I-K. I- I C K E. It's it's a hard last name. I should just change it to Stark. <laughs> <laughs> Carla Stark. Uh, because you know everyone changes their names when they get up here, but that would upset my dear father. Okay. So I will stick with Hirika. <laughs> That's the proper pronunciation. It you're, is you're originally from South Africa. Yes, yes. And so um, you know, and some of the essays in the ecstatic pessimist are are sort of about that and growing mm. up in South Africa and really just also seeing a lot of repeats you know, of, you know, a lot of these race issues and just and Mm. and what it is, is when government becomes too big, everyone is unhappy because we are not free. And so we want people to move to New Hampshire and come do something. And I think what makes what we're doing so awesome is we get to live our principles. And that means you have a very holistic way of looking at life like it's a healthy way to be when mm-hmm. you can be true to who you are and so yeah I, I encourage people to you know come find their balance and come find their bliss and and come live free and thrive well one of, that's what we want to do yeah and one of the best things about being who you are is you can attract to you the people who are like you the people who can appreciate who you are if you're trying to be someone else if you're trying to do what your boss wants you to you be that person your boss wants you to be or be the person that your mom wants you to be or some other person. If you're trying to live your life to the expectations of someone else, then you're not really being true to yourself. And so you'll end up attracting the wrong people. You'll attract the people who think you're this other person exactly. that you're pretending to be. And here you can attract more people who are like you because you being here and you doing something, you're sending a signal out, especially if you're doing like a podcast or something like that. You're sending the signal out there saying, hey, we're here. Here's what we're doing. You should come here and join this. 
don't like to do civil disobedience, most people don't. That's okay. That's kind of a dead thing at this point. Uh, but uh, if you you know don't like to do politics, that's okay. You can like you know sell things in the agora. There's all kinds of different approaches that that people take here, and the more variety we have the more unstoppable, you know, that this movement can become. I'm glad that you sat in with me here today. Thank you Carla, for having thank me. Thank you for being here. And uh, this looks like it's going to be an awesome Porcupine Freedom Festival. So get on up here for this weekend if you can. And if you can't, well, come up for next week because ForkFest continues then. And we will see you soon. Uh, more Free Talk Live tomorrow night. See you then. The Monetary Evolution comes to Las Vegas. Crypto Vegas is a one-day event featuring some of the brightest and most innovative minds in blockchain technology. Juan Galt, Anastasia Sergeyevna, Lynn Ulbricht, Jim Bell, Elise Sam, Float CEO Kingsley Edwards, and more. Tickets start at $20.20. And you can save 10% on VIP tickets using code FTL at CryptoVegasConference.com. July 18th, join Free Talk Live at CryptoVegasConference.com. You know what's really smart? Wash your hands frequently, practice social distancing, and stay home if told to do so. You know what's really dumb? To ignore your immune system. Right now, more than ever, your health depends on a strong immune system. The experts at Immunicorp will give you their seven-step guide to immunity for life, free. Why? Because we want you to be smart and healthy. Simply call 800-446-3063 or click immunityforlife.com. Immunocorp has been producing the world's leading immune system products for more than two decades. To get your free seven-step guide to immunity for life, call 800-446-3063. 800-446-3063. Be smart. Don't ignore your immune system. Your life depends on it. Call 800-446-3063 or click immunityforlife.com. Immunityforlife.com. 